Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, we got a couple of big stories this morning. Obviously, we've got Game 2 tonight. The Jazz and the Clippers play at 8 o'clock on ESPN. You'll hear it right here on The Zone Sports Network as well. Be a big deal for the Jazz to go up 2-0, halfway to win in the series. Obviously, the Clippers came back from 0-2 in the last series, so it's not over. But 2-0 feels a lot better than 1-1. Although, frankly, 1-1 wouldn't surprise me. I think the Clippers are good, and I think at some point the Jazz are going to have a bad game. At some point, the Clippers ought to play a great game, and that's a recipe for winning a couple games in this series, and that gets us to a six-game series. I don't think either team played great in Game 1. I think both teams looking at Game 1 saying, we can do better than that. But the good news for the Jazz is they get the win, and they're saying that. So, you know, a little advantage there, obviously. All right, what does Quinn Snyder think about all of this? He met with the media. Let's listen in as Quinn talks to the media on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Quinn, we see Donovan go and talk to Dwayne Wade on the sidelines in games. Well, what types of things can he learn from a guy like Dwayne that, you know, compare or contrast to what he learns on, uh, on the other sideline? Well, l- let me first start. Um, you know, I, I said when – Dwayne, um, you know, was first announced that he had become one of the owners of the team, just how terrific I thought that was for our entire group. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've asked him and, you know, to weigh in on some things for me personally. Um, we've had a number of text exchanges. I try not to wear him out because he's, you know, he's a busy guy, um, but it's been really great. Um, for me personally, uh, to be able to use him, you know, as a resource. And I, I try not to over overburden him, but he's just been unbelievably receptive. And to have someone like that, um, and again, speaking for myself personally, that has the level of experience, um, the intelligence, the feel uh, that he has for the game, and for particularly for the playoffs, um, is a resource that I think is really unique. And so, you know, some of that conversation has evolved around, you know, defensive concepts. Some of it's evolved around Donovan. Um, so it, it's, I love it. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't ask for, you know, I, I don't ask a lot of questions about what they're talking about. I trust um, that we're all on the same page and, and there's probably things that, Dwayne's capable of giving him, you know, that I'm not, um, which, you know, I think is a positive thing that, that he's getting that information from someone that, that truly cares about him and that Donovan really respects. So, um, you know, he, he's got great feel for that. You know, Donovan's got great feel for that. Um, so I, I, I think it's great. All right, Eric, well then Salt Lake Tribune's next. When we saw some moments from Joe where last night where there was, you know, maybe hesitation or, or indecision in terms of, you know, when to pull the trigger, when to make certain plays, um, it, it seems to have been a little bit more of a, of a theme through these first, you know, six playoff games this year. Is there anything at all that you're concerned about there? Is it, is it just him playing an unfamiliar role, you know, do, doing stuff he normally doesn't? Is there anything that um, – you know, it's kind of key to getting blocked as the playoffs go on. So I'm going to, I'm going to be the contrarian. Um, First, I don't think there's a role that is unfamiliar to Joe, um, which is part of his value to the team. Uh, He shot eight threes last night. So 
clearly, you know, the, there isn't that much hesitation. And, and I would, I would argue. And when you watch the film, you know, I think he led us in assists again last night. How many assists did he have? Seven, six, seven. Um, so a lot of times for Joe, um, it's a question of him, you know, taking a shot, which, you know, it's hard for, for Joe in my mind to take a bad shot from three, um, because he's such an effective shooter, but he's also, you know, he's also capable of getting, getting in the lane and making a play for someone else. And, you know, in, in a lot of times, you know, getting the ball to our bigs, he's one of the best guys because of his size, um, you know, making people be indecisive in the lane. I think, you know, when you see him go down the lane and ball fake and then lay it in, um, you know, being able to score at the rim and the paint, um, particularly when people are playing small is, is a real asset and it's something he's, he's good at. So it's, it's, uh, it's always a little different, you know, when he is a primary ball handler, um, say for instance, when Mike and Donovan were both out. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think there's a lack of comfort or hesitancy. And I, I think, you know, maybe the best way to look at it in my mind is you see what he's done on defense, you know, and the first couple of possessions of the game, you know, how locked in he was. And when you go, you know, a long stretch, I think what we missed 20 some shots in a row, um, th there's a lot to be said for getting to the rim, you know, and, and we don't, you know, it's, it's a little bit, um, you know, of an oxymoron that, that I can say, keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. And then also say, let's get to the rim, let's get to the foul line. But I think all those things can exist together. And I think Joe's one of the best guys in our team um, of making all those things happen, um, getting in the lane and getting someone an even better shot uh, in addition to taking his shot. So I've just, I've got so much confidence in Joe. I've, I've seen him for so long. Um, we're so connected and those are the conversations that we have and, and really for him more than anybody finding that, that balance. And, and I've used the, the analogy of a utility infielder, you know, he can come in, um, the ability to come in and switch positions. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what kind of fastball he's got, but whether it's a pinch hit or a double play, or we put him on base to run, or he plays center field, there's just, there's a lot of things to balance for him. And I, I think he does as good a job as that as anyone in the league. There's a reason that he was, I think, right behind JC as the sixth man of the year. Um, and also, you know, was our starting point guard for the last month of the season. So it, it's, you know, we can, Joe does so many things that it's easy to analyze, you know, any one of those, you know, half a dozen things. Um, but I, I do understand the question. I, I think it's a valid one, but I, th I also think it's one that, you know, that he does a great job, you know, finding balance. In. And, and again, it, uh, you know, and I'll tell him this, if, if he shoots, if he's two for two, I'd rather have him be one for nine because I think that's, you know, that impacts the game as much as anything. And that allows him to do other things. And he knows how I feel about that. All right. Ryan Miller, KSL.com. Hey, Quinn, um, especially after he missed last postseason, um, what's it been like to kind of just see the joy that Boyan's been playing with this playoffs? Yeah, it's been great. You know, he, he's – Boyan's – there's so much competitive fire in him. I think there's some players, um, 
that care so much that, you know, it's hard for them sometimes to get to the next play because he's, he wants it so, so badly. And I think when you find that, that joy infused in your game, you really lose yourself in the game. And that's what I've seen. Um, I saw it defensively, you know, the other night and, you know, that's something that, that he's taken a lot of pride in. And, you know, we've had games where um, I love it when he shoots late, you know, it's almost like regardless of what the game has been like, you know, when we throw ahead to him, you know, and he's got a contested corner three with three minutes left in the game. I feel like that shot's going in and uh, it's with everything that he's been through this year. um, You know, basketball is something that, you know, he's played all over the world from a very young age and to have that taken from him, you know, even for a short period of time, relatively speaking, it just takes time to get, you know, to find that again and to find your feel um, you know, and find that kind of that place in your mind where you are more relaxed, the game slows down. And I think that's when you, you know, you really do have fun playing and that, that's what we're seeing. Rebecca Harlow, TNT. Hey coach, you know, with the way that you've empowered this team this season, do you breathe a little easier in moments like last night when Ty decides not to call a timeout and your guys are getting back on defense, you know, it's going to come down to one more stop. Do you breathe easier in those moments these days? Yeah, I, I, I do think, you know, those situations are always, you know, they're always ones you can second guess. Um, and, you know, that situation in particular you know, with, with, you know, do you foul? Do you not foul? Oftentimes, you know, we'll look to foul um, when someone's back is to the basket. Um, it's hard um, if someone rises up and hits a three and you haven't fouled it, it, all those things are that that's such a part of coaching. Um, but to your point, you know, I, I think one of the best things that we did last night was we communicated and, you know, players that have played together, um, regardless of what the game plan is, I, I think it's great from a coaching standpoint to to feel guys be able, you know, to adjust to situations. And, and that's what, you know, I think we saw last night where we had multiple contests and guys were really conscious of, of trying not to give up, you know, a three and those multiple effort plays that I think require teams to be connected in order to do. Certainly the moment, you know, the moment helps. Um, there's more urgency, um, but it's just, it's so hard to, um, I think that's part of our profession that you, you always, you know, look back and, you know, had they made a shot, I might've felt differently and said, we wish we fouled or, you know, who knows how those things go. But, but to your original point, you know, I do have a lot of confidence in our group and their ability to communicate and talk and sort things out and, Sometimes it's better for me to get out of the way, and that's the best way I can coach him. Julie Jag, Salt Lake Tribune. Sorry, a little head go on muted there. Um, hey, Coach, um, I was hoping that you could uh, give a little love to the play that Derek Favors has been, um, or the to Derek Favors play of late, and especially in the playoffs, and talk a little bit about whether. You expect to see him have more minutes um, 
going forward, even if Rudy isn't in foul trouble? I don't think I can give like the amount of love I have for Fave is, is, is runs on a pretty deep level. And um, for a lot of reasons, um, you know, I think it was five years ago that Doug Collins came and spoke to our team and he had something that was really interesting to say. Um, he was talking about knowing your role, uh, accepting your role and then starring in your role. And for Faith, his role can be really malleable. And as you mentioned, whether it be foul trouble, um, even if it's a short period of time, if it's a two or three minute window, um, the way that he's been able to impact the game has been tremendous. And, you know, it's a luxury to have a guy that is the level of player that he is that's also selfless enough um, to understand that oftentimes the game doesn't dictate, uh, you know, him playing a certain amount of minutes. His minutes fluctuate. And sometimes there's, you know, you, you could look back um, or Fave could look back and say, wow, I was, I was playing great. Why did he take me out? And I'm sure there's part of him that feels that way. Everybody wants to play more. Um, but the, 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 the impact that he's had on the game has just been tremendous. And, you know, he's different than Rudy. Um, you know, there's times where Rudy, Rudy's unique and Fave's unique in his own way. And maybe the most unique thing about him um, is he's a guy that stars in his role. And I think that example that he sets for our entire group, um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons that he came back here, um, that he knew that regardless of, of what his minutes or his role looked like, during the regular season, then he's a guy that's going to be crucial to us, you know, if we're going to be able to have success in the playoffs. And um, I'm fortunate that, you know, we've had a relationship over a seven year period. That's, you know, I've been privileged to have that much time with him, um, you know, and, and our relationship is, is, is personal and it runs deep. And uh, I'm, I'm appreciative of the confidence that he has in me to make those decisions and to be supportive of him. All right, last question, Lawrence Murray, The Athletic. Hey, Quinn, you, you discussed Joe's ability to just keep shooting, keep being aggressive, but uh, defensively, I mean, without Mike Conley, it seemed like you were able to take advantage of the fact that you're starting game with, with Joe, with Boyan, with Royce on the wing and making Paul and Kawhi uncomfortable. It's not the first time that we've seen those guys be uh, uncomfortable against this Utah team. Do you feel like there's kind of an advantage to Mike not being on the floor, allowing you to play lineups that better allow you to better match up defensively uh, to defend the Clippers right now? Um, I, I don't think there's ever an advantage to not having Mike on the floor <laughs> because I think Mike's that good. Um, but I do think that um, it is a different look. Um, you know, the, those guys are so hard to guard. Um, and whether it's Royce or Boyan or Joe, in this case, we're talking about, uh, I just want to see them compete. Um, they defend differently um, than Mike does. You know, Mike's able to press up on the floor and use his quickness and he'll play differently in pick and roll. Um, there may be more opportunities um, with Joe and Boyan, or I, I think, you know, you saw it last night with Royce and Boyan to, to switch certain actions, um, you know, but I, I think that depth 
is something, you know, that's, that's an asset for us and has been an asset for us all year long. And, you know, it is a little different look, um, but I'll, I'd love to have them both on the floor. Hopefully we'll be able to have that too. There's Quinn Snyder with the media. When we come back, Rudy Gobert talking with the media after picking up the third Defensive Player of the Year award of his career. The big man, next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Well, Rudy Gobert is the Defensive Player of the Year again. Third time in his career. Had a conference call with the media last night. Let's listen in. Here's Rudy with the media. And at Kia, we believe the best defense is a smart, strong, and solid offense, which is why we're investing over $25 billion to deliver 11 all-new all-electric vehicles around the world during the next five years. And just as Kia is recognized a leader in performance and design, the Kia Performance Awards distinguish the NBA's highest achievers. So this evening is my honor to present Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz with the 2020-2021 Kia NBA Defensive Player of the Year Award. Congratulations, Rudy, on being a three-time winner. Thank you so much. Congratulations, Rudy. I will now turn it over to Madeline to conduct the Q&A session. All right, thank you. Uh, please go ahead and raise your hand if you have a question for Rudy and we'll go ahead and get started. Our first question will come from Tony Jones, The Athletic. Hey Rudy, congratulations. Thanks, Will. Um, where, you, you have three Defense Player of the Year awards, you have two um, All-Stars. Where do you see your career going individually um, you know, as you head to into your prime and, and, and beyond going in the next year and the year after. And, you know, just where do you see yourself on a historical scale? You know, I'm just trying to enjoy the moment, uh, keep getting better every single day, every single year. And uh, and I, I want to win a championship. You know, I think that's for me, uh, you know, when, I'm, when I got drafted by the Jazz eight years ago, uh, I told myself that, you know, I, I wanted to try to do anything, anything I could to help this franchise, uh, you know, get his his first championship. And you know, it's been it's been a long journey, and I think right now it's really where my mind is. You know, it's it's, it's to do whatever I can, whatever I got to do to to try to achieve that. And uh, and from an individual standpoint, you know, it's just to keep getting better. Uh, you know, every single day, year after year, and uh, you know, and when it's time to to look at the resume, we look at the resume. But I'm really trying to, you know, just enjoy the moment and and keep getting better. Dana Green, ABC Four. Hey, Rudy, uh, congratulations! Uh, what what was that moment Thanks. like in the locker room? We saw that uh, uh, Derek and the guys got to surprise you with it. Um, I don't know how much of a surprise it was for you, but what was that moment like? <laughs> It was amazing, you know. Obviously, I I knew something was fishy, but 
uh, you know, uh, just seeing how my teammates were, you know, uh, happy for me and, uh, you know, uh, it really made me happy. And, you know, sometimes when you get lost in the competition, you kind of, you know, you kind of tend to forget or, you know, how close we are as a group. And, you know, it just uh, having all that energy around me and, and feeling how happy they were, excited they were, um, you know, it really, uh, it really touched me, to be honest. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, you're now one of just four players in NBA history to have won this award at least three times. Can you kind of put yourself in, you know, context with the likes of Dikembe Mutombo, with Ben Wallace, with Dwight Howard? Just what does it mean to you to now, you know, be mentioned alongside those names? I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, when I started basketball, when I was a, as a kid, you know, if somebody would have told me that I was going to be defensive player of the year, I would have never believed them. And let alone three times, um, you know, it's hard to put into words how, you know, the things you can achieve when you just uh, enjoy what you do, first of all. And when you, you have a group of people that believes in you and, and you put the work every single day, you know, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be in a situation when I have, you know, uh, of those things and, and people that support me every day and you know and, and, and the hard work the dedication that I put in every day uh, all that combined you know you can you can achieve anything and uh, I mean I try to write my own you know my own story try to you know enjoy my own journey but uh, just being around one of the only four guys that that have won that award that many times it's uh, I mean it's it's just amazing. It's hard to put into words. John Kuhn, AP. Rudy, what, what's the day-by-day, week-by-week process like that goes into getting yourself to, to this kind of level defensively to where you can win the Defensive Player of the Year award three times in four seasons? You know, I really think... Uh, I try to every day, you know, with everything I do, whether it's outside the court, on the court. Uh, you know, obviously, in this league, we have so many games, like being able to stay healthy, being able to stay strong, being able to try to bring it every single night for my team. It's a, it's, it's a challenge, you know, and, and you have to, uh, like I said, you know, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, uh, you know, a lot of things that people don't see, uh, you know, people that watch think it's, it's easy, but you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it. And it's not, you know, it, it takes a team effort. It takes, you know, obviously a great coaching staff organization and it takes, you know, a, a relentless dedication every day. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful to, like I said, you know, to, to be able to be surrounded with people that push me every day to, to be the best I can be and, uh, and, uh, and to keep better every, keep getting better every single day. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, is it maybe a little bit more difficult this time to get, I guess, like emotionally excited about this one because you're so focused on the playoffs and you guys are, I mean, closer now to being a championship contending team than you have been in the past? I mean, it's obviously we have a big game tomorrow, so, you know, there there won't be no no real celebration, but it's, for me, just about enjoying the moment. Uh, you know, I'm 
thankfully I have, I have my mom in town and you know I have some people that are have been part of this journey with me for a while that you know are a big part of who I am that are in town too so it's you know it's it's a blessing and you know it's just about uh when 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 you win in the war like this for me it's it always uh makes me reflect uh on you know where I started from and where I come from and you know uh, all the obstacles that's you know, I had to overcome to just be in the position to just play playing this league, and you know, it's uh, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm focused on the moment and I'm focused on tomorrow's games. But at the same time, it's great for me to to take the time to, uh, you know, to just enjoy and and appreciate, you know, uh, all the the great things that I have in my life, and you know, and, and how long the and how far away I. You know, I've come uh, since I started. Lawrence Murray, The Athletic. Hey, Rudy, congratulations on this award. Uh, Sunday night when the Clippers ended their series against Dallas, Nicholas Batumi spoke to us and he said he was looking forward to playing against you. And he also was hoping that you won this award. Uh, obviously, on the floor, it's competition, presents a lot of challenges. But, you know, what kind of what kind of encouragement have you gotten from your peers from the from the players that you know watched you in France uh and helped you get to this point and the players in the league who know what you're capable of what, what's that reception been like for you I mean it means a lot and especially coming from a guy like Nick you know when uh when I was a kid that was trying to you know uh work my way into getting a chance to get drafted in this league. He's one of the guys that I was, that I looked up to, you know, he's one of the guys that paved the way for, for me and for all the other guys. And, you know, and uh, he's always uh, been open to communicate with me, even when I was, you know, I was nobody. I, was, I wasn't even a prospect yet. You know, I was just playing in France and, uh, you know, and I remember that he was, you know, he was already trying to, helped me and giving me all the knowledge that he could. And, you know, I think it's someone that really, you know, that I looked up to and that really helped me throughout the whole process. And even in my rookie year, you know, when I had a lot of questions and stuff, I was going to Nick and he's always been there for me. So it's, you know, it means a lot. And uh, even though, you know, we, we try to beat these guys, uh, you know, I'm really, really happy to, to see him. Uh, have fun on the court and be in a position when he can, you know, show that he's a, he's a very good player and he, he can play at the highest level. Tim McMahon, ESPN.com. Hey, Rudy. I hope you got a room big enough in your house to fit that whole setup they got for you. <laughs> um, the, the, the job description of, of being a, you know, dominant rim protector has changed a ton since Ben Wallace and Dikembe were doing it. Really, I think, this series shows even how much has changed during your career. How would you describe that evolution and, and how would you describe how you've been able to adapt your game, you know, to, to be able to chase around three-point shooters and guys who uh, go off the roof? And the game, the game of basketball has changed a lot since, obviously, since Dikembe and those guys, but uh, even since, since I got drafted, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, when you have guys, the emergence of, you know, shooting big like Jokic, Embiid, Porzingis, you know, all those guys and uh, the emergence of the small ball lineup when the Warriors won the first championship, um, you know, uh, everybody in the league kind of 
uh, took that blueprint and tried to go small at times. And, uh, you know, the the game has changed. And for me, it's really been about getting better every single year, you know, and uh, and, and teams have been trying to, uh, you know, negate my impact uh, one way or another every single year. So I had to, you know, I had to raise my level year after year and, and day after day to, to be able to try to uh, keep dominating uh, on that end. And, you know, and it's, for me, it's, it's been an amazing journey. You know, it's, it's been fun to uh, to see how teams try to pretty much take away my impact and, and how I had to, you know, sometimes go to, to tough stretches, but uh, how I had to adapt and elevate my my game and get, get comfortable guarding any kind of situation and still uh, impact the game the way I know I can impact the game. Brian Mahoney, AP. Hey, Rudy, congratulations. Um, you know, this was an important war, I think, to the Jazz way back when, when you know, Mark Eaton winning it a couple times. Uh, you know, when you get it back in this locker room now after you lost it last year, even though it's a, you know, individual war, does it feel like it's kind of a team thing It belongs in Salt Lake City? It's always a team award. You know, uh, I think we, I mean, in our days, we love to individualize success of a team sport, which basketball is a team sport, so obviously the headlines and all that, it's always about individuals, but you don't, no one wins on his own. And it's the same within the world. You know, no one can play defense on his own. And, you know, I have, you know, like I said, I'm really grateful to have an amazing group of guys that, uh, an amazing coaching staff and organization that trusts me every night, you know, to, and believes in me. And, and they put the faith in me to, to hold it down and, and, and do what I have to do. And, uh, and I have to put my faith in them, you know, because I can't do it alone. And, you know, and, uh, and it's been amazing for me. It's been fun to, you know, whether we have a big lineup, a small lineup, uh, being with my four teammates on the floor and, and try to do anything I can to, to make them better. And, and, and uh, you know, and, and whether it's communication, uh, sometimes being a little harsh, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, sometimes you can sting the way I do, the way I talk to my teammates and stuff. But all I do is to try to, you know, get the best out of them, and they do the same with me. And I think it's uh, it's been amazing to be able to have that kind of relationship with uh, with my teammates. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, speaking of Mark Eaton, I'm wondering if you if you thought about him at all today, and what maybe he might say to you winning your third DPOA. I mean, it's um, uh, for sure I thought about it, um, you know, and uh, I thought about it last night because I knew that I would have probably get a text after the game, <laughs> after the game and I, everything happened. So, you know, uh, I mean, I try to not get emotional, but uh, I've been thinking about it and, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that uh, uh, everything happens for a reason. You know, uh, obviously I wore his jersey to the game, but with the way uh, everything came down and getting the block at the last second and you know you you don't make that up you know it's uh i'm sure he's very proud and uh you know and uh i'm gonna try to keep keep making him proud and keep honoring his uh his legacy you know because uh more than anything he was just an amazing human being and uh you know uh it's not really about what he's accomplished as a basketball player but just uh who he was as a person and you know and Every time he reached out to me, every time we had those conversations, you know, it was always about, uh, you know, motivation and and, and, and being, uh, you know, it was always genuine. 
you know, he never had to text me. Uh, he never had to do anything, but uh, he was doing it because, you know, we were just enjoying uh, talking to one another. And last question will be from Niall Campbell, utahjazz.com. Hey, Rudy, kind of just following up on that, can you share with us any advice or tips that Mark Eden was able to give you this season in particular? Sorry, any advice about what? Any advice or tips that Mark was able to, to give to you this season? I mean, for me, it's been the same, you know, try to keep fighting through adversity. You know, it's been, a, I mean, it's been a lot of adversity, a lot of things I don't talk about. What about this year? Uh, obviously, Mark, but Doug, massage therapist. Uh, you know, it, it's just about keep going, keep going through adversity, keep fighting. You know, a lot of people have been disrespecting me for a while, but, uh, you know, I try to, I try to keep a positive mindset and at the end of the day, you know, winning doesn't lie. The numbers don't lie and it's all about enjoying what you do, you know, and there's going to be adversity. And when you, when you're about to get past that, you know, the, the reward is, is even sweeter. All right, there's Rudy Gobert with the media after he wins the Defensive Player of the Year award for the third time in his career. When we come back, PK, when I, PK and I with Joe Ingles. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Joe Ingles checking, with us, checking in with us late in yesterday's show. He would never come on live on the morning of a playoff game. That's not happening. He doesn't do game day interviews uh, with us here. We always move his day. But we want you to hear it, and it'll get you ready for game two tonight. Here's Joe Ingles. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe, and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How you feeling with a game one win in the bank? Uh, yeah, the win was good. Um, a little tired, but... Uh... Yeah, I'll take the tiredness for a win any day of the week. How hard was it at that last possession to make sure you were mentally tough to be be able to stay down, get inside the defender, I mean the offensive player obviously, but don't go for any fakes or any of that stuff and stay on the floor with your feet so there wasn't an opportunity to have a foul? <laughs> um, probably easier than it might look or seem. I think when you're... 
when you're in those like last minute, last second, last possession, whatever it is, situations, it, for some reason it seems easier not to jump than any other time of the game. Any other time you bounce around and try and block shots, which is stupid because you <laughs> rarely block shots, especially me. Um, but no, I think uh, for all of us, obviously, I think Donovan missed the shot and they didn't call a timeout. Um, so try and get back and set your defense as much as you can. And um, Royce and I were on, on PG and Kawhi, so it kind of worked for us to be able to switch. And um, I mean, going into that before the timeout, before we obviously mentioned that if they do run, just uh, obviously twos don't hurt us and, and a three does. So anything but a three. And um, on the flip side, obviously they're trying to do everything they can to get the three up. Um, so we just you try and kind of run them off the line, and like you said, try and be as, as disciplined as you can, just to stay down and, and literally like you're kind of like letting them drive. Um, obviously, they still try to get a three up, but Rudio was obviously able to block it at the end. So I'm curious as all of that is unfolding. Uh, one thing Ty Lu said after the game, he said there were multiple reasons he didn't call a timeout, but one thing he went to is he didn't want there to be a chance for the for Quinn to decide to foul or when to foul. And I'm sure you always talk about detailed-oriented Quinn and the coaching staff are. So is there some kind of team rule as far as the clock has to get down to X before you foul? I'm kind of thinking that the ball went to Kawhi and you were there in about the range where maybe you would have fouled. What what did they told you about that? What were you thinking? Or was that completely off the table? No, we, we've talked about it and we do have um, a specific times I, I think in those situations um, if they if they had called a timeout we might we, we probably would have looked at fouling um, again we can like walk through and talk as much as we want to practice but in the heat of the moment if, mm-hmm. if coach decides to foul and all that's obviously up to him um, and then the coaches so in the, the like obviously they didn't call a timeout. It's a lot harder for for coach to be yelling at us to like foul, foul, foul or whatever. Um, obviously the last thing you want is to foul as they're going up for a shot or even putting yourself in a position where they can debate whether that is three shots or not. So um, I think if we were gonna do it, it would have been like Rondo as he's bringing the ball up. Like you've got to look at who the kind of quote unquote worst shooter on the tour, the court at that point with Morris, Kawhi, PG, I think Kennard was on the court and then Rondo, you, you, you probably would go Rondo at the time. But again, the heat of the moment, they didn't call a timeout. You've, it's, it's, it's very hard. Obviously, like Ty Luso, that's why they didn't call a timeout. You don't want to be able to sub guys in and out, be able to potentially foul. Like it's, uh, if, if you know, which I'm sure on, on the flip side, they go through certain things on the offensive end if they rebound and are down two or three and, and what they want to do. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, their two best players kind of had the ball until until Kawhi passed them to Morris. So they had probably almost their three best shooters with the ball in that last possession. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a situation that you you talk about. You Never know when when it's going to happen or if you're going to get a chance to execute. But obviously, we were able to to get a stop and um, and, and take the win. So in the first half, there was sort of incredible from the negative standpoint. You're missing 20 shots in a row, whatever it was. How hard is it to make sure you stay unfazed by it and keep playing? Yeah, um, 
I mean, it's what we've, it's how we've played all year. Uh, I think there might have been a couple shots in there that were not even forced, but just just guys trying to be aggressive and, and try and get a bucket because we we obviously couldn't get one. Um, but we've we've been I don't know if we've missed twenty in a row before. We've been in situations where we haven't been scoring. Um, maybe we score every fifth or sixth possession or something like that. So um, yeah, to to just stick. Uh, I mean, you guys know like to, to stick with the defense to, to keep making them either make or or take tough shots. Um, I mean, I think I looked up in the timeout at one point. We were like four for twenty from three or something like that. So uh, I think. As as a team, we feel like if we get enough up and enough good shots up, we, we're eventually going to make some. Uh, there might be a night that we don't, but um, we, we I mean, those 20 shots that you, you could probably go back. There's, like I said, there might have been one or two that were, um, I wouldn't even say like questionable or bad, but just like one or two more more aggressive kind of shots. But apart from that, I think we got a lot of good looks. So. Um, we'll, we'll take them and then obviously to, to hang our hat on the defensive end and um, I guess just not let it like 20 straight possessions could easily be a 15-20-0 run um, for, for them so for us to uh, I think the worst it got the lead was to like 13 or 14 uh, yeah. at some point um, so for us to just kind of be be still in the game um, and miss that type of shots we felt pretty good that if we, we could get those same shots we would be able to make some and obviously we did in the, the second half so you're running uh i think you're running a break late in the game it might have been off a turnover at midcourt i'm not sure and you got royce on your right and i'm pretty sure you're going to go and lay it up and the way the defense is going i'm thinking even if you miss because it's going to be a little contested and even if you miss it i think royce is just going to grab it and dunk it because he's going to be the next guy and instead you throw it to royce and i swear for a second i thought royce is thinking what are you doing it's coming in hot and he caught it and then he scored so it didn't matter ultimately but joe you are so selfless how how come you just didn't take that up i actually wanted to shoot that i i i, I think we got a steal i think don't Someone yeah, I double teamed right. him or something, and mm-hmm. something, whatever happened, and um, I, I tried to kind of as we, I, I knew there was, I think there was three like Canard and then two other guys right behind us. I didn't even really know Royce was there until very late, but I tried to get some contact to, to finish just because I knew that there was three guys there. So there's a a chance if it's like Kawhi or one of their big guys, I could get blocked, or, or obviously they could affect the, the shot. So. I tried to get some contact and he moved out the way and I kind of lost my footing a little bit. So um, I probably still could have shot it. I'd, probably a high chance I would have missed it because I did lose my, my foot under me a little bit. Um, and then as I kind of went up, I saw Royce there. So I thought, I won't say the word I'm using, something <laughs> that. I'll uh, I'll give it to him. And I mean, I, I, would, I would trust Royce in that situation to catch and finish any day of the week. So I wasn't worried from that point of view. Um, but, yeah, it was just one of those those funny situations, I guess, that you, you don't intend to kind of play it out the way it plays out, but it does. And, and like I said, I was, I was glad it was... I mean, I would have been glad it was anyone, but I was glad it was Royce there. So this is the first time in two years that you guys have played before a sold-out home crowd, obviously, in the playoffs. How sweet was it? It was really cool. Um, I said to Renee this morning, just before I dropped uh, Miller at school, then um, 
like it was it was kind of weird to be in that situation like there was so many people there like i've we've obviously been playing with kind of as as whatever capacity has been every kind of week or month going up a little bit and whatever but um that was like capacity capacity (laughs) that was there everywhere there was people everywhere um it really just felt like um pre-covid what our playoff series were like so um yeah it was unreal to have people there be able to have some friends and and stuff in the crowd and um at the end of the day i was yeah just to be able to play in front of whatever the capacity is with a, a few less seats at the moment um 17 18 000 people was 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 really fun so how much do they pick you up when uh when donovan goes on a run and fires them up yeah i mean it's I think we we got that lead a little bit. Um, we we made some shots, whatever, and then for it to like an an empty arena or a half filled arena, it just doesn't feel the same. And um, you hear the crowd into it. It's almost like you don't want to every shot you shoot, you don't want to disappoint the crowd. So you're trying to you're trying to make every shot possible. Obviously, um, the second half we we made a lot more shots than we did in the first half, but it kind of that start of the third, Donovan made a couple threes, and and I think it was right out the gate of of the third, and it kind of got the crowd into it a little bit more. And um, once they were up, they were up for for majority of the game. And um, not that I would say it was like game over at that point, but we were pretty confident we got the lead back. And I think it was a tight game, give or take a couple points. And the crowd are into it, and, and we were kind of starting to flow. Um, and, and I guess. If we were playing the way we wanted to play, but we were making more shots in that third, so it was, uh, yeah, it makes a it makes a big difference. Also, too, this is your first time in the second round in a few years. I think you've been to the second round twice. The first time you got swept by the Warriors. The second time, I think it was four-one uh, to the yeah. Rockets. How much different is the feel in terms of team confidence now in the second round as opposed to those times when you were in the second round? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would never say that we thought we were going to lose those other games, but we were playing against um, some pretty high-level teams. I think one year, Ricky ended up getting injured in the first or second game. It was, yeah, um, yeah it was just a, it was a, it was a different feeling. Um, I think we we all felt we could win a series, but we had to play at an extremely high level for for four games to to win four games where. I mean, I showed last night a little bit. I wouldn't say that we we played bad, but to miss twenty field goals in a row is um, is tough to overcome. So for us to overcome that and still be able to come out with a win, I don't know if we would have been able to do that in previous years. Um, don't quote me on it because maybe we could have. But um, yeah, just a, a confident feeling. What, what what we felt all year, to be honest, so we, we felt confident going into every game, and obviously this is the same same kind of situation. So playoffs are different, not just because of the size of the crowd, the, the people who are there, the people who are sitting courtside. TNT caught cameras, caught Donovan and uh, Dwayne Wade having a long conversation. And there's still photos of uh, your owner, Ryan Smith, walking and talking with NBA superfan James Goldstein. He's been going to playoff games since before you were even born. I'm, I'm wondering what slice of celebrity are you getting in all of this? The, the crowd's juiced up here with celebs, Joe. What's your angle? What are you thinking? I got uh, this superstar netballer in the crowd. She's a babe. <laughs> Is that Renai? <laughs> Are you speaking um, of Renai? 
<laughs> Joe's got an off day tonight. Today we know what's on his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Is that allowed at uh, 8.53 and whatever? Well, I just day. meant a nice dinner, maybe go out to a movie. Come on, Joe. I can give you a hot tip. I'm not going to a movie. I'm not going to be around anyone as much as I uh, feel safe. I'm still not going around anyone. But, um, no, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to have people want to come to jazz games. I, I don't know what it was like back in the kind of Stockton Malone days if people were kind of coming, but we've – People want to be there. People want to see us play. I think it's an exciting brand that we play. So it's it's fun to have those guys there. And obviously, I couldn't care less who's there or not. But Renee was more excited about uh, Gabriella Union being there for, with Dwayne Wade than anyone else. <laughs> Celebrity, um, huh? <laughs> she said, I can't believe she was there last night. I was like, yeah. I, I can just like, see I her walking up. Yeah, great, Dwayne. Move aside. I got to talk to Gabriella. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, uh, so, yeah. We see Dwayne Wade there on the front row and talking and all that. Is there any other interaction that you guys are having with him, whether it's in the locker room, underneath the stands, wherever it might be? Yeah, I mean, he's in the back all the, all the time. Um, he's in the locker room, pre-game, post-game. Um, he's been very accessible with, with reaching out to guys. Um, yeah. I'm just going to order my coffee. Hang on a sec. <laughs> there it is. You mentioned the Java PK. Here it is. You knew. Um, you knew it was a given. Um, yeah, he's been. He's been. I wouldn't say like surprisingly good because I didn't know him previously. This, but the accessibility and and questions and um, reaching out to him to to ask things. The, the confidence that he gives us. He's been in some meetings before with us with with our group and stuff like that. So. Um, just have a guy of, of that, obviously, stature and what he's done in his career um, individually and, and with his teams. Um, it is obviously just a bonus for us to, to have a guy like that to be able to reach out to and, and speak to and, and have around the team um, fairly regularly because he's <laughs> almost like he's, uh, he's moved here nearly since, uh, since taking over part of the team. He's been around a lot and, and obviously I think he's based in LA now, so obviously yeah. a, a lot closer than than Miami or anything like that so um yeah it's been it's been really cool and I I think as we as we keep going on here he's, he's going to keep helping guys and um yeah it's a it's a pleasure to have him part of the, the, the team all right Joe well we know as much as you want to keep talking to us you really want to drink that coffee so I just got it handed to me too they know my order now so I'm, I'm a local <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Joe, and we will cool. uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. There's Joe Ingles. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us. Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. It's always a team award. In our days, we love to individualize success of a team sport, which basketball is a team sport, so obviously the headlines and all that, it's always about individuals, but 
no one wins on his own. And it's the same within the world. You know, no one can play defense on his own. And, you know, like I said, I'm really grateful to have an amazing group of guys, an amazing coaching staff and organization that trusts me every night and believes in me. And, and they put their faith in me to, to hold it down and, and, and do what I have to do. And, uh, and I have to put my faith in them, you know, because I can't do it alone. And it's been amazing. That's Rudy Gobert after he wins the Defensive Player of the Year Award, his third Defensive Player of the Year Award. That's the Depoy. The Depoy is all Rudy's. <laughs> they got the balloons downstairs coming into the arena in the back. You people don't get to go where we go, so we'll just have to, you have to rely on us because we got great. security cards. Let us tell you about the balloons. I just did. <laughs> There's the insight. <laughs> I put a video out of it. Oh, it's well, go to Hatch's Instagram or wherever he put it, and you can uh, see it there. It's on Twitter. uh, Twitter, and away you go. The nice colored balloons of, like, uh, yellow and gray, and they got it all decked out. And it's Depoy above the uh, security entrance. Gold letters right there. The old Depoy. And, yeah, he's right. You don't do it alone. Great thing about alone is all that money you make is funneled right to your account and nobody else's. All right. That's the individual part of it. Yes. <laughs> That's the beautiful part of it, really. But obviously he deserves it, man. He and, and and you know, we had Pace on a couple weeks ago and he was talking about how he thought Draymond Green should get it. And I agree with him because he was watching the Warriors every game because of his kid. We mm-hmm. watch the Jazz every game because of work. And it's clear that I would have voted for Gobert as Depoy. Because this is an award that shows up to an agree to a degree, but largely is not box scorable, and but you see it in your eyes or through you through my eyes. Thank you. And, that was well tied together there. And nice. when we watch Gobert game after game after game, it's overwhelming. And I'm sure as, as Pace watched Draymond Green because he watched them play so much, he thought the same thing. And we think the same thing. Okay, so that Rudy. explains how, as they spread the votes out, how people in Northern California or in Utah or, you know, for Ben Simmons in Philly, how yeah. those voters vote locally or regionally. Yes. But it's a national award. And so I think you go to the record. Right. So then you go to Texas and Florida, what do those people you go, think? You go to the record the of team. the team. Yeah. Best because defender, they didn't best get, team, like they MVP. Did, well, they didn't get anywhere near MVP. They didn't get any, well, third, I guess, for coach, but... Third models was like they're coming in third in recruiting. You know, what do you do? So maybe I, on a second transfer, you got a shot. Uh, so I think they just refer, look at the record of the team. Somebody's got to be doing something over there, out there in no man's land. And I can't Those really justify deep- Mitchell. He missed 17 games or what have you. And, and Quinn, they're thought to be good. So they exceeded expectations, but not to the degree of Monty Williams and Thibodeau. Well, defensive player, boom, yeah, that's easy. We got to give him something, but we're not giving him everything. (laughs) So Quinn doesn't get to win, and they get sixth man of the year and defensive player of the year. Right. And those are two, they're they're national awards. Rudy gets 84 out of 100 first place votes. Ben Simmons got 15, Bam Adebayo got one, Draymond Green got none. Well, Pace doesn't have a vote? Nope. Oh. Nope, well, he, he doesn't. He would. Knows, it, Draymond would have given it. The guy knows who. Yeah. He would have given it to Draymond. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. The guy knows who, man. I'd give him an award. They should, they actually, I wonder if they should do that and have... But you got to have the former players who are into it. Some of them may not be as life goes on. Yes. You, know, you just got to pay attention. Right. And, and 
He is because his right. kid's right. in the league. Right. So he has an educated opinion because right. he's watching him so much. And I get where he would think that. Just like we think Rudy should be the depoy. And he is. What's his third time, they said? It's the third time in four years he's oh. gotten it. Well, and the only way he's not going to get it is voter fatigue. He's not going to get any worse next year. Which is why Giannis got it last year. Voter fatigue. Yeah. Don't give him the three-peat. Right. Although Dwight Howard got a three-peat. <laughs> why can't I have a three-peat? Dwight got one. The most anybody's won it, because you're right about the fatigue, and he's getting right up against that. Dikembe Mutombo has won it four times, and Ben Wallace won it four times. And, but it's an award that's only been given since the early 80s also. So it's, oh, not, really? it's not an award oh, okay. that goes back to, uh, to Wilt well, or Russell to Bill Russell. Right, exactly. The time, yeah. Yeah. Except for the voter fatigue when Wilt would have won it. Sidney Moncrief was the first one to win it, 82-83. Sidney Moncrief? Yeah, that's when they started it out. Jersey's talking about Sidney Moncrief. When he had that Milwaukee connection. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, there's the Defensive Player of the Year news. Of course, there's also the game, the Jazz, up 1-0. Can they make it 2-0 tonight against the Clippers at home? Clippers, of course, were down 2-0 in the last round and rallied to win it. So, Well, they got to, man. Phoenix, we'll get to that. Got to keep pace. DJ and PK. It's a must win. <laughs> Hashtag NBA. Jokic drops the ball back to Porter. Porter at three-point range on the left side. Pass is stolen by Booker. They were trying to go to Jokic. Booker down. Wibble! Ball spreads out the Suns' offense. Now starts to move inside. Now wants to shoot a three. Shazam! CP for three. We had a lot of guys play really bad tonight. And then we allowed the, the impact of not making a shot to affect the other end. And it was really, I mean, playoff basketball. Can you sit down and guard one-on-one? This was just an embarrassing performance uh, all the way around from top to bottom. Mike Malone. Michael! Michael Malone. How freaking dare you? Mikey Malone. (laughs) You idiot. M Malone. Mike Malone. He won't even tolerate that. Michael. All right, win. They didn't. All Phoenix. 123.98. Well, he said what I've said for, well, what coaches have told me. It's not like I have any big insight. I just go with what they told me. And he, Steve Cleveland has har- harped on that for, with me for years on you don't have energy defensively if you suck offensively. And he just said that. And that's something that I firmly believe. You get fired up. The shot of adrenaline or whatever it is just runs through you when you're shooting well. And then on the other end, Shooting, I really believe it's like hitting a baseball. It becomes contagious. And guys, if you're shooting and we're getting a 10-point lead and then it's 15-point lead, I come down, I got all sorts of confidence now. And, boy, they really, really put it on them since the second half of uh, the other night, game one, and then they're all four quarters here. And Chris Paul, he's got like 25 assists. No, twenty. I think it's 29 assists and one turnover in this series, something like that. Yeah, he's healthy again. Jeez, Majerus used to talk about two to one ratio. This is twenty nine to one. It's unbelievable. At thirty six years of age, I really admire him because in order to play at that level at thirty six, it's got to be a day to day commitment in everything that you're doing to be able to get yourself prepared enough to play at that level. It's it's inspiring to me to see the commitment that he must have. 
It's clear whatever that Phoenix training staff is doing that he just feels totally different. He finished the Lakers series in the last three games. He was one for nine from three. In the last two games in the Lakers series, he shot 33% in both in each of those last two games. And now you look at him, and I mean his stat line is back to all-star level. And everything about it is great. And he's not afraid to shoot the three, and he's got the strength in the arm to do it. He's not hoisting it up there or just passing on threes altogether as he did for a while. So My sister's back, coming baby. up from Phoenix today, and she texted me last night after the game. I'm bringing the popcorn, man, because we're going to be watching basketball. All right. He's way in it. And that the voice you heard, Al McCoy. Al McCoy was born in 1933. He's 88 years old. And his trademark is? Well, he's got a whole bunch of them. Heartbreak Hotel. Shazam! That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, But he's had a few over the years. Uh, So those of you who want to get rid of Locke, you got, you got almost 40 years to go. Because <laughs> Al literally is 88 years old. He turned 88 at the end of April. And I saw a story in the Republic that he's not looking to uh, to shut it down, figuring he did it all those years. They sucked. They figured Chris Paul comes back. Uh, they should be good enough uh, again next year. And this is his 49th season. He's literally the only announcer I've ever heard announce Suns games. Got to go 50. He might as he, well. He's not doing any partial schedules the way Vince Kelly did. Oh, he is? Okay. He, he, he travels now, but he didn't. He hasn't done road games. So, yes. Okay. So, when you say he travels now, you mean in the playoffs? Yeah. Okay. Although, he, I don't think he did road games, even though they didn't travel this year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Tonight... Nets Bucks game three. Brooklyn has just dominated the Bucks. They are up 2 0. An embarrassing 49 point blowout. We don't see how the Bucks are coming back to win this series. Are they going to put up a fight and win a game? Are they going to get swept? That game is at 5 30 on ESPN, and then it's followed by the Jazz and the Clippers at 8. Although, if you were watching the clock Tuesday night, that really meant like 8 22 when they really finally got going. Pacers, add them to the list of teams looking for coaches. The Blazers need a coach. I never learned how to pronounce that guy's last name. Right? Nate Bjorkren. Because he's not going to be here. He's out one season. They went 34 and 38. So we got four now. Orlando, Boston, Indiana, and Portland are all open. Miami Heat president Pat Riley fined 25000 by the NBA for violating the league's anti-tampering rule. Riley was fined for comments made during a June 4 radio interview regarding LeBron James saying, I would leave the key under the doormat if he would call me and let me know that he's coming. I would do that, but I doubt very much that key. That key's rusted now. LeBron, look, he's one of the greatest of all time. And for four years down here, we want to go back and remember that what those four years were like. It was four years in the final, four years of excitement, two world championships. It was the best time for the Heat. So I wish him nothing but the best. If you ever want to come back, I'll put a shiny new key under the mat. That's pretty weak to find him on that one. Yep. That's like no kidding, no bleep. <laughs> Captain Obvious. But yeah. that ship has sailed. But uh, they are really sensitive now because... Every team would say that. Yes. If he wants to come here, we'd love to have him. And but I he's wonder, not coming here. And I wonder if they would find him if it were some other team in some other city that well, you have he to. hasn't been to or hasn't gone you to. You have to if you're going to do it. Yeah. You should. I mean, you have to. 
I don't know. If you're going to be I, consistent. I, I have my sister ask Adam Silver because he was in Phoenix last night. Although they showed him in the stands, he didn't have a freaking mask on. What the hell is this world coming to? Listen to Tony F, man. You got to have it. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I got a great relationship with Deshaun. I've been talking to him the last couple weeks, man. And all he's been telling me is like, look, Jack, just tell him like, like he like, that's why I want to be. He, he like, man, listen, that's why I, he like, I want to be in Denver. Kareem Jackson saying Deshaun Watson wants to be a Bronco. Houston going to trade him. No, he like What's he want to be in Denver. What more needs to be said? He like he want to be in Denver. Going to pull a Peyton Manning kind of deal here? Can't draft a quarterback, so trade for someone we all know is elite. When's he going to get on the field? I mean, all this other stuff that's I don't know. out there. It's an excellent question. Does Denver want to touch that? Which brings up the question. Is he that elite? Which brings up the question, well, what would the price be? And Houston's going to want you to send them draft picks like there's no issues off the field. And Denver's like, yeah, we'll give you a conditional. They're like, everybody's like. Like, yeah, I got it. You got to speak the language the NFL, dude. They're like. Like. And then he's all, and I'm all. And then like. He like. like. I mean, he like. He like Denver. He like want to be in Denver. Jordan Love. Asked if he'll be ready if the stalemate between the Packer franchise and star quarterback Aaron Rodgers continues. I ready. A hundred percent. I am like ready. I ready. Obviously. This like is I ready. Where I'm getting a lot of extremely valuable reps that I might not have been getting in a normal circumstance. So I'm just going to take it day by day. I was drafted here to play quarterback, so I'll definitely be ready week one. Way to go. No reason to weigh in the middle of that. Just be ready. Do your thing. You got a lot of teammates who are friends with Aaron Rodgers. And he well, might I hope Shalane keeps him occupied. Niners have canceled the rest of their offseason workouts after multiple injuries hit the team this week. Niners lost 161 games to injuries last year, the second most wow. of any team in the past 16. 20 years. That's a lot. DJ and PK. I'll tell you right now, Stockton Malone played for 49ers. They, they wouldn't, wouldn't have missed that game. That's right. Tape it up, guys. <laughs> Let's go. Hashtag Major League Baseball. I think that the biggest concern is that Major League Baseball manipulates the baseballs year in and year out, depending on the free agency class or guys being in an advanced part of their arbitration. So I do think that's a big issue. The ball being different every single year. Here's the pitch. Line drive, left center, base hit. Here comes Lowe. Here comes the throw to the plate. Not in time. The Brock star. Brock Holt has won it for the Rangers as the Rangers have walked off the Giants in 11 innings by the score of 4-3. Swung on, line left field, pretty deep, going back already, he looks up, it is gone! It's a walk-off home run! The first homer in the career of Luke Williams! That's the Phillies beating the Braves right there. Luke Williams, first major league homer, is a game winner. Phillies beat the Braves 2-1. to one. For that year, the Rangers beating the Giants... Padres lost to the Cubs, and Justin Turner, who says you can't do it all by yourself and you need a whole team, PK? Justin Turner hits two solo homers, and the Dodgers beat the Pirates 2-1. to one. Well, you need pitching, though, because it, like if their pitching wasn't good, mm-hmm. so those two home runs, they wouldn't have mounted much if they got battered. So I don't know that you can do it alone, um, even in baseball. I mean, I get your point, but I don't think you really thought that through. 
Dodgers move into second place in the National League West. Giants still in the lead. And Arizona, 19 straight road losses. Blanked by Oakland for zip. Yeah, Bruce Bochy's packing right now. Bruce is like, win a road game. I'm not going to come in and triage the rest of this mess. No, it will be next year. No need to bring him now. Right. Salt Lake Bees open a six-game series against the Albuquerque Isotopes tonight at Smith's Ballpark. First pitch set for 6.30. You can listen to the game right here on The Zone. And at the top of that, you heard Pete Alonso, first baseman for the Mets, disagreeing with baseball's crackdown on pitcher-friendly foreign substances and says the larger issue is the manipulation of baseballs. You buying it? Well, also, too, he was talking about how uh, I don't know if I want him regulated because I don't know if I want somebody throwing 98 who has no control. That loses the control and goes right yeah. in the head. And so that was an interesting take by a hitter because you would think that they would want it because it becomes easier to hit. But he was saying that it might be dangerous. But I think there's been some manipulation for the baseball because baseball is a sport. And so I thought Locke should always be a baseball announcer because he's so into the numbers. And I think that baseball... Has more one-on-one battles, so the numbers are more true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every pitch has an analytical concept to it. Literally yes. every single pitch. Right. Uh, and so, uh, you just need to look at numbers. Baseball, you want to know the story, you can look... The numbers tell virtually everything. And when little dudes are hitting 50 home runs, well, something's up. <laughs> And when the, um, uh, who's the guy, Roger Maris's record is being shattered by seven guys when it hadn't been touched for 40-some, 50 years. Sums up. Yeah, so it, it, doesn't, it doesn't take a genius to see that they mess around with that thing there. Uh, the background on Alonzo is that he hit 53 homers as a rookie in 2019. Yeah. He hit 16 in 57 games last year, and now he's got 10. He's been hurt. He's been hurt too. He hasn't been in the lineup every day, so there's been an injury issue. I don't remember how many games he's been out, but I know he hasn't been playing. Think he's the only conspiracy theory theorist, or he's just the one who's willing to say it into a microphone? I'm oh, thinking no, he's been just the plenty one. of guys who've been sent. Josh Donaldson called out Garrett Cole last night, and then the Twins faced the Yankees. And, and Cole got him twice. And and there was thought that uh, what was going to happen. They were talking. I like to watch MLB in the afternoon. Uh, their studio shows because they hit all that stuff and I'm interested in it and he was talking they were talking about well is Cole going to chin music him or you know, what's going to go on there and so uh, yeah I think plenty of folks have spoken about it and, and the Dodgers with uh, Bauer uh, they think uh, there's been reports of that that's his, a lot of his success is tied to that type of stuff and so how's it going to be when it isn't that way because I think they're going to crack down and get rid of it or at least uh, modify it or monitor it way more. The threat of penalty is going to be there. What is Trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up at 8.30, Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. 9 o'clock, Dan Feldman covers the NBA for NBC Sports. Pro Basketball Talk. And next, your reaction to Rudy, the depoy. Defensive Player of the Year for the third time. Are the Jazz finally getting the national respect they deserve? Or you want more? It's just the tip of the iceberg, and there ought to be a lot more. And we'll get to that next. Stay with us. 
It was a night to remember at a packed Vivint Arena. Oh my goodness gracious, Donovan! As the Utah Jazz picked up an emotional Game 1 victory. Round 2 between the Jazz and Clippers continues Thursday at 8 with the Jazz Live pregame show beginning at 7 on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury is not. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Seiner Cadillac today. When? Today. Boy. Rudy Gobert is the defensive player of the year for the third time in his career, for the third time in four years. Are you now satisfied with the national love the Jazz are getting? I can tell you without hesitation, a complete and total 100% fact, he doesn't win that award without blocking Morris's shot the other night. That's not true, and you know it. He blocked his shot to win the game. If that doesn't leave a lasting impression, I don't know what does. It's a regular season award. The voting was already done. Oh. Travis Harrison says the personal awards are nice, but how about the team award? An NBA title. The chip? That's what he wants. That's the national love you're looking for. Everyone talking about you as the champions. The champions, well. Obviously, a team award, that's the ultimate goal from the team perspective. That's the ultimate goal. Everything else is hors d'oeuvres. That's the main course. But there's individual awards along the way. Like, would you, I, I wonder if you would ask somebody, and they have to be 100% true. They can't lie whatsoever. Would you rather win a singular NBA title or whatever title, World Series, Super Bowl, uh, whatever cup you folks got in your sport there, uh, or go into the Hall of Fame? Ooh. I think you want to win the title. Ooh, as you just said. But I say it for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, does Barkley look comfortable when everybody's giving him... Oh, it's giving just him- Shaq. Oh, it's been other people. I don't think Kenny Smith gives it to him to the Not level anymore, Shaq. because Shaq does. And but Shaq, he has yeah, given it to him before. Great, Shaq. You had Dwayne Wade and Kobe, and you were 400 pounds bigger than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so... I mean, I think part of the deal with Barkley is he's outspoken. I don't think people are running up to letter carrier. Hey, you didn't win. Ha, ha, yeah. ha. Going after. Barkley puts himself out there. He does. And but people aren't going up to Stockton and Malone and Reggie right. Miller and Patrick Ewing. Lighten Steve them up. Nash. Steve, yes, that's a good one. Steve Nash, right? Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson. I mean, those are all great players, all Hall of Fame players in their own rights. I just think Don't that, you think there's just a overstated. little bit of you wish you'd gotten it? Sure. Yeah, I think there's a lot of it. Okay, well then doesn't that answer the question? No. It's two different things. So who are the players who have championships but aren't in the Hall? And oh, like, there's a million I'd of them. i trade these championships for the Hall. Well, I don't know that they had a shot, though. Despite Rudy T's speech and endorsement of Robert Ori, he was a role player. Right. Role, the Hall of Fame isn't for role players. It is not. 
if you want to have a wing, the greatest role players. I mean, he hit the big shots. Give him credit. He made the shots. Right. No doubt about it. But they're not. But he you, wasn't. You're going to take. He wasn't carrying the over, load. over letter carrier. He doesn't make any sense. He wasn't carrying the load quarter after quarter, game after game, week after week. It's a hard thing to do. I think that you, what you would need to ask, who you would need to ask is somebody like Jim Kelly, who was there four friggin' times and came up short. A kicker, a little wide, and somehow Jim Kelly is viewed as, well, you didn't you win, win the Super big Bowl. one. Yeah. You didn't win the big one. A friend of mine who lived in Virginia, now lives in St. George, his neighbor was Scott Norwood, the kicker. Ever talked to him about it? Or it was just off limits. No, no. <laughs> it's off limits. I mean, talk to him about football. Yeah, NFL, but and not all that. that game or not that kick. No. And my friend wasn't a huge sports fan, still isn't, but obviously knew of the situation. So, what would Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas say? Because they're the Hall of Famers. Because Elway got it late and he made a pretty big deal. It felt like it completed his career, and he was yeah, going but, to he was going to the Hall if he hadn't gotten it, but. He's not, that's something that lasts forever. The hall doesn't come up for five years later. You can't, you can't say it in the moment. Of course, you're going to just revel and roll around like the pig in mud in the moment. But it's something that cannot really be answered until later. You can't answer it in the moment. Obviously, that's your goal in the moment is to win it. But... Can Stockton go to bed at night and say, man, I wish I would have done this or this or this? No. He's the, he did everything he possibly could. And it's a team game. Whereas th- this thing here is a complete and total individual. You were one of the greatest, one of the relatively handful, metaphorically speaking, of all time. You were. And as Rudy says, winning a depoy is a whole bunch of people that have to help you. Same thing with winning the ship. So I think individually, the Hall of Fame, that's the pinnacle. That's the pinnacle of an individual award, certainly, because it is based Without on question. you. Yes. Uh, and even I know you all had John had the assist, so somebody had to make the baskets. I, I understand that. But he had Hall of Fame ability if he played the two-guard and shot a bunch and didn't have near as many assists and had way more points. He was going to go. He was just that good. Jazz getting enough national love now. Jason says they should have had the coach of the year also. But oh well. I disagree on the coach of the year. And Jeff says, well, if Jerry couldn't get it, I don't think a jazz coach ever will. He could have gotten it. He didn't get it, but he could have gotten it. It's just that they were so good for so long. The you consistency don't, you didn't want Jerry year. Sloan to win the coach of the year. Because that means you had to suck. Yeah, and people didn't think that much of you. Well, everybody thought so much of Jerry Sloan, which is why he's in the Hall of Fame. That Whereas he nobody, was never in position yeah. to win it. Nobody thought anything of the Knicks for 20 years. so Right, Tibbs right. Keep, so they had yeah. to suck for right. so long. The Tibbs gets it for finishing fourth in the East. Yeah, and good for him. Fine. I would have given it to Monty Williams myself, but I have the West Coast bias. So uh, that, that's what we're talking about. When you see something and you're more akin to it, you're you're more familiar with it, you probably are going to... May maybe overstated. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but you're going to have the preference or bias toward it. And so, like, I have a complete and total bias towards Rudy Gobert with the deep boy. 
in my mind, there was no question because I'm watching him every game, you know, 80 plus games this year or every year or whatever it might be. So uh, I I don't want Quinn Snyder to be in the position. Now, I'm Quinn Snyder, forget it. If he wasn't going to get it this year, he's not going to get it. Because the, the expectation, even if they go out in this round, expectation next year is going to be pretty high. There's not going to be any way to have a 20-game improvement. Right. So right now, I would look at uh, whoever the Portland or the Boston coach is going to be. <laughs> they, they're the front runners, and I don't even know who they are for coaches. Because Orlando's impossible. Orlando well, yeah, can't possibly too, turn it around. Too, too big of a job. To, and maybe Indiana, because Indiana thought it was going to be a playoff team, and they were a play-in team, if I remember correctly, not a playoff team. Uh, so right now, those jobs aren't even filled, but they've got good players. They've got all, each of those three teams that I just mentioned have all-star players. And they're close enough to make a jump. Yeah. So I would put those unnamed coaches have a better chance of winning Coach of the Year next year than Quinn Snyder does, which uh, on on its own level seems preposterous. But the Coach of the Year is who exceeded the most. And at least for me, the Jazz didn't exceed the most because I thought they could finish second. And they finished first. And next year they'll be picked very high again. All I can figure, because you know, Monty got to second in the West, which is tougher than the East, and he got to second, not fourth, and he did it in a tougher conference. I just think he got hurt by Chris Paul. Chris Paul gets a lot of the credit, as he but should. But yet he finished fifth in the MVP. Not enough credit to win the MVP, but he gets a lot of credit for Phoenix's turnaround. And he should, yeah, but they all should. I mean, Booker, Aiden was better. Everyone was better. Bridges, the role players were better. Top to bottom. That's why... Monty Williams, as I understand it, had the Laker job that he turned down and went to Phoenix. Uh, right now, looking like a pretty smart move because they've got a collection of players that are better than the Lakers. They may not have the top end, but their collection. And so I still think he, he, he should have gotten it. I think that, as you say, it was harder in the West I don't think the Knicks finished fourth in the West. But, you know, there's probably some type of bias there with, I don't know who the voters are and how many of them are in the East. I know when I used to do, uh, I don't do it anymore, uh, but I did top 25 AP in football and basketball. I used to slight or favor teams in the West. When in doubt, pick the West team. Yeah, because I figured guys back there are doing the same thing and ladies, whoever that might be voting... They would, you you have it. I always believe anybody who says I have no bias, I don't believe them. Everyone has it. Doesn't necessarily mean bias means it's bad. It's not, I'm, we don't, I don't associate bias with prejudice all the time. So it's not necessarily bad. It's just what you're more inclined to think of. And so I figured I you're would watching favor. The, you're watching the Mountain West and the Pac-10, and so you're going to yeah. vote for Mountain West and Pac-10 teams. Yes. When in doubt, I mean, you know. Right. I mean, I wouldn't be preposterous about right. it, but I always thought you, that I w- if there was an edge, I'd go that way. Well, I don't know who was big in whatever you were voting, but now you wouldn't be screwing over Alabama. Alabama, 17th. Right. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, that, that would be the case. I, and I, The only, only award thing that I've kept all these years is the wooden one. I don't do anything else. Jerry says this award is awesome for Rudy, but we all know the Jazz won't get the respect they deserve until they're raising the L.O.B. trophy. Just win! Exclamation point. That's a Larry O'Brien trophy. 
That's exactly what he's referencing. Well, that's the ultimate goal as every team. There's no doubt about that. I don't think there's any question uh, that uh, where we go with that. that that's that's and then, uh, that's Rudy's goal too. Obviously, he's he's openly talked about it. Why can't we do it here? I want to do it here. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so that is the ultimate team goal. Uh, I think that the, the, this, is, this is a sign of national respect, though. Got two of the individual awards. Yeah. People are paying attention. And with Donovan Mitchell... The MVP could be somewhere down the road. As a, a, a gathering talking point now, when you put up 45 in the second round, there's no bubble, there's no this, there's no that. Uh, it was just know. impressive. That's what it was. It, absolutely. That's exclusively what it was. So that is really, really super cool about Team that. Team was down, so you went on a tear and got him back in the game. Yeah, and people are talking about him. And by extension, you're going to have to talk about his team. So I believe they don't have to win the title this year to get a lot of pub- positive publicity. Because uh, the, the good thing about it is if you lose this second round, you know, that's the worst thing is to lose it. But it looks like it's going to be unlike the other second round appearances where you were swept and won one game. You're sort of dismissed at that point. You're dismissed. If they were to lose in five now, which is the only way they could lose it, obviously, they would be dismissed as a serious contender. Whereas, oh, really? Yeah. If they lost uh, in five? If the Clippers now sweep them four in a row. The Jazz would be dismissed as any form of serious contender. Oh, you're saying the Jazz would be dismissed? Yes, 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 Oh, yes. I thought you meant they wouldn't. Yes, they no. would be dismissed. Yeah, no. if they lose four in a row now. I was people, surprised you were going to argue oh, no, no, that. <laughs> sorry. I heard <laughs> it wrong, whatever. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. no. If they wrong. lose four in a row right now, <laughs> yeah. Shaq will be out there. See? Everybody will be. Right, yeah. Yeah. Everyone and their dog. No, they got to... They'll be dismissed. That's a fraud. Whereas if it goes six or seven, I don't necessarily think they'll be dismissed. And if those... If the game... Let's see what it looks like. Right. If they're intense... If it was anything like the other night, and we have five or six more of those, well, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. This is the way it is. Mm -hmm. And so you could uh, hold your head up uh, metaphorically speaking, in a knowing that we battled, particularly if the Clippers were then going to represent the West, okay, that that's the deal. It's like BYU basketball. I think they can take a measure of solace in that uh, the team that they lost to went to the Final Four. That's an unusual play-in team. Now, obviously, uh, they got hot, and but there's something that, and maybe you're spinning it a little in that case because it's so early. But this in a seven-game series, if if this thing goes the proverbial tooth and nail right to the end, I think that the, there's some measure that the losing team, whoever it might be, can take. Because last year, both of them blew a 3-1 lead, one in the first, one in the second, right? But still, you blew a 3-1 lead. That's unacceptable no matter what, what round. If you're in the bubble, you're not in the bubble, wherever you are, blowing a 3-1 lead is not good. And so it was hard to take a measure of satisfaction. The Jazz could take it a little bit more because they didn't have bogey. The Clippers, I think, if I recall, they had all their guys, and they still gagged it, basically. So you couldn't really take from something from that. If this thing goes the way most folks anticipate, and it's right to the end, even if you lose, there, there's 
I think you can take a measure of uh, the is valiance a word of the valiant uh, competition that you put up. It would still suck. I get all that, but if you go if if you and it's the same thing for the Clippers, if they lose in four or five, ah, same old. You change the coach, blah 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 blah. As opposed to scrapping, and it's a game seven, yeah, and yeah. you have like game one, you have the ball and a chance to tie. And, yeah, that's the way I look at it. Maybe because I don't look at, I don't get caught up in winning and losing as much. But that's what I look at. Like last night, Michael Malone, he's furious. The Nuggets rolled over. They rolled over and played dead. It was it was like a scrimmage there in uh, the Suns Arena. It, it was crazy. I, I, I'm stunned that I just watched Denver roll over the way they did. They provided no resistance whatsoever. When that kind of thing happens, I just think that in the back of their heads, a lot of guys are like, they, they came into the series with hope, and now Chris Paul is healthy, and they know they're just outgunned. It comes yeah, back but, to Jamal. They're missing well, Jamal yeah. Murray. I don't think it's so much Chris Paul. I think if Chris Paul wasn't playing, or if he was playing, he was a shadow of himself, the Nuggets would play like they had hope. Maybe, well, maybe they, they wouldn't they, they do lack it. They hard if that's the case. Because that should be know, irregardless. When you, it should be. It no. should be out in their theoretical. But when you know... No, they were up beat, double digits at halftime in game one. And they knew then. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think they rolled over and they quit. At halftime of game one? No, I'm taking speed last night. Just last night, okay. No. No, they quit last night. They shouldn't have gotten beat... They shouldn't have. That I totally much. agree with that. They shouldn't have, but I just think that's guys looking like, yeah, we can't win this series. Because I don't think it happens otherwise. Then you quit. That's, what, that's quitting. That, that's yeah. the definition okay. of quitting. And Milwaukee and the Nets, don't you think the same thing? The Nets uh, are better. teams have come back from 2-0? Or at least make it a series. You don't have to win it. That's what I'm saying. Make you can take a measure of respect by competing. And if you don't compete, then well, that's completely unacceptable and you're a loser at that point you can lose games without being a loser quote unquote (laughs) somebody's got to win and lose every single game dj pk it's 97.5 and 12.80 the zone somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose tonight what can donovan mitchell do for an encore in game two we will get to that Coming up, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Christian Roberts Mortgage. If you're going to work with an expert for your next home loan, you need to connect with the most referred lender in Utah, Christian Roberts Mortgage. They specialize in jumbo loans. Jumbo loans. What's that? That's like uh, over 500? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Tonight's game two, 8 o'clock, ESPN and the Zone Sports Network. I'm going to watch it, I think. I think you are. What can Donovan <laughs> Mitchell do for an encore in game two? Oh, man, I know very well what he can do. Rick says score 46 points. Top it, baby. Uh, he can do that, yeah. Brian says keep doing what he's doing. If it's close to the end, take over and make sure the Jazz don't lose. The star's responsibility. I think he can Curtis Jackson it. You want to explain that? Yes. Now, Curtis Jackson, as you know, he goes by the name 50 Cent. So I think he can post a 50. There it is. And this is the year to 50. How old was Phil when he won the PGA? 
Fitty. Fitty. Yes. Donovan had two in the bubble, right? Yeah, but they sort of don't count. If we're going to criticize the Lakers for winning a bubble championship, <laughs> the bubble as Tal Harrington said, yes. then I think that uh, you can also say, okay, that was a little bit of a fluke too on the scoring and all that. But what do you have, 45 last uh, Yeah, 45. Game? That's not, that is just not a freaking fluke whatsoever. Nothing, nothing about that said fluke. That was real. That was the NBA playoffs that we have known literally for our whole lives. Back to the sellout crowd. Yes. All the chaos. Yeah. Eric says realize that game one was not the climax of this story and the game two should not be his encore performance. This is only the next door, next step. Towards the ultimate goal. But it's the encore for game one. This really has an opportunity to push Donovan Mitchell into areas and levels and regions beyond. Beyond what he's already accomplished. Well, beyond, yeah, well, certainly it will, but it's I a think whole, it's a whole beyond new territory. other people, other players. For instance, if he's doing this in the NBA Finals, he gets elevated over Damian Lillard. He gets elevated over... Booker. Booker, sure. I guess, right. if you want to go. I don't know that Booker's done a lot. He's scored a bunch of points on losing teams. Right. But if you were talking NBA Finals, so you have the Jazz winning this series, under the theory they do, whether they do or they don't, then it looks like the Suns are going to handle the Nuggets, so Booker or Donovan will have a chance to elevate themselves over the other guy. Because the whole, you haven't Ooh. done it on the big stage... Well, one of them is going to have to win the West. And the whole theory about, oh, you don't have any uh, playoff experience, which I think that argument carries some legitimate weight. I, I buy that to a degree. But you'd have two teams where Conley and Paul have experience. And I guess you'd have um, uh, Jay Crowder also in Phoenix. But mostly, they wouldn't have it. Well, you, you only, Certainly the you only buy it. it until you can't buy it. But you couldn't buy it in that series because there wouldn't be enough experience for it to really. But the Jazz have zero championship experience except, and you can go to twelve eighty the zone here shortly or KSL at about ten thirty, and you can find out the secret weapon. Who has championship experience? What kind of experience? Championship experience. Yes, and his name, you know him, my future golf partner. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I brought that up with certain somebody that can make that happen and mentioned that you wanted to play with them, and they said, we will make it happen. He, all right. He has three. He's got 13 All-Star appearances, eight times All-NBA. Guy's freaking going to host a game show. I know. This guy's the a cube. cube. The Cube. That's on TNT, right? This guy's... Uh, it's amazing. I mean, he's going to whatever he did as a player, which is done now, yeah. is incredible, and it's but going he, to be there but forever. Is he getting ready to top it? He is. I think he is. That's where I was going with it. Yeah. And I was surprised yesterday. And go back if you haven't heard the Joe Ingles thing talking about how Dwayne Wade is in the locker room. He's over here. He's over there. He's basically Johnny Cash. He's everywhere. And that surprised me. I, you know, when he said, when, Jane, when Dwayne Wade said, I want to be hands-on, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think the league rule, to be a minority owner, you have to have at least 1% or 2% somewhere mm-hmm. in that range. I thought, okay, you know, because I don't see Shaq running around in Sacramento, or I don't see Grand Hill in Atlanta. Now, we see Jordan 
with the Hornets, which I'm not sure is a good thing <laughs> because it seemed like they've sucked forever. Uh, but I kind of thought it would be more symbolic, a financial investment. We see a lot of players buying soccer, buying into soccer teams, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, stateside or across the world. Well, they, yeah, people are telling them uh, or they're figuring out themselves, this is something to invest in. This is a growing thing that you can make money in all this stuff. Put your money in that. It's like you know real estate or whatever. I get that, but I don't know that they're sitting there uh, on the sidelines on the pitch uh, of games, and, but we've seen Dwayne Wade, and then Joe says it, and then somebody, I think uh, Ben Anderson, asked him about it uh, yesterday on the Zoom call, and he's going on where Quinn's talking about he's texted Dwayne, and he's gotten input. So that that's their link, man. That's why they can do it this year, because of Dwayne Wade. April 16th, 2021 was a monumental day in the, the franchise's history. Little did we know. Yes, the secret weapon. And you can read all about it, extra, extra, by Patrick Kinahan, an award-winning columnist back in the Watchdog. He never gets any run for it. Nobody ever says anything. But, you know, he did win the award. You were there when he found out. Yes, (laughs) and I got to give him a hard time about it, and it's one of my highlights. And it's one of the few things. Your wife, when I see her, I mean, I don't see her a lot, but I see her some, and she never talks about the show. Except after that, she's like, I'm so glad you gave him a hard time about that award and his whole junkyard dog thing. I won the award. I don't win awards. I'm a junkyard dog. But like Marlon Brando, I didn't accept it. (laughs) (laughs) You got to keep the edge. Speaking of Marlon Brando, my daughter told me yesterday. Well, this is an interesting segue. Right. Sit back. Where are we going? I have no idea where we're going. She's so she's Honey she's, Junior tells DJ something. Yes. She's okay. graduated from high school. Congratulations. She goes away to college in uh mid August. Oh, that'll she, be a sad day. Right. And she says, Dad, she's uh she and I are the ones in the house who will watch will video watch me at my wedding? No. Oh, people, rally around. Stop. What did Honey Jr. say to DJ? <laughs> I don't like this game already. I already you brought this upon yourself. No, but you're going to love it because he I said know, Marlon but, Brando. But you leave me right it's there. It's more fun so this way. She says, says Dad, no, get on Twitter right now. All right, get on Twitter, David DJ James. Fine. What gonna, did Honey gonna, Jr. say to Dad? She's graduating she's high school. She's going to college in a couple yep. of months. And she's the one who watches video, you know, binge watching shows or whatever. Uh, she she like she likes all that stuff. It doesn't matter She's stage a girl, stage TV, movies, whatever. That tell me a story. She's up for it. She says, if I go to college, I'll watch I'll watch this and it'll ruin it. You and I should watch it. And I said, now. And literally, we sat down and watched The Godfather. She said she wanted to see it. I want to watch it in college with other people. I want to watch it with you now. I'm like. Now, let's do it. Godfather 1? Yep. Between? Yeah, and we're going to watch the second one also. Uh, so this already took place or no? Yesterday afternoon, she said this, and we literally watched it at 4 o'clock yesterday. Ah. <laughs> Turned it on and went, all right, here we go. Or well, 3 or whatever she, it was. I bet she feels closer know. to you. Because it's a family movie. And, and yeah, <laughs> it really is. It so, is. So they get to the... They it just get, brings people together. Yeah. Brings the family. You don't go against the family. <laughs> Every time there was an epic line, I'm like, you ever hear anyone drop the phrase Sonny at the toll booth? And she goes, you drop it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. She goes, now I know. And Sonny, Sonny at that moment is just laying sprawled. Which, by the way, I looked it up. 
Uh, it was actually shot at a deserted airfield, and they created the toll road. If you're wondering how they found something in the 70s that could look like the 40s, well, that's how they did it. They went to a deserted airport and created it. And Carlo paid for it, as he should have. Yeah, and she said, while Carlo's kicking out the windshield, he's like, that was, she's like, that was always going to happen. He was a bad guy from the second he got on the screen. <laughs> yeah. And she notices that and looks for that. She doesn't like to watch just the people who are speaking. She likes to watch like the way that, and that actor, I, I don't know his name, but that actor, you know, knew who the character was. And even when he wasn't speaking, he carried himself in that way. And she's like, oh yeah, he was always doomed. Yeah, Bozzini's a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> don't insult my intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And see, that was it. I use that skill a lot in journalism. When I was a hardcore, you go into something and you act like, you know, and then they tell you because they think, think you, you know. already know. So not breaking the code and giving it up. Right. Yeah. So Michael did not know for sure, but idiot Carlo gave himself up. <laughs> he basically whacked himself <laughs> yep. because Michael wasn't 100 percent sure, but he acted like he did. And then once he got confirmation, get out of my sight. Yeah. He had to go. It's the code. Believe me, I've seen it a million times. Fredo, always weak. Dropping the gun and, and crying when Vito gets shot. Totally weak. Totally weak. Couldn't get out of the There's car. There's no when he way did, you could have sent him to run the family. It just wasn't going to happen. Oh, after, I don't care that you were over. older. So freaking what? So after it's over, after it's over, I asked, I, uh, I asked my daughter, I said, so any underrated lines in there you really like? Because we've been talking about some of the famous lines, and now she knows how they fit in the story. And she goes, I really liked when, when Vito's having the, the conversation with Michael, and he starts running through all the kids. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes, Fredo. Mm, mm. <laughs> and he didn't even finish the sentence. She says, I love that. You should have called him. I would have dropped everything. <laughs> okay. We got Godfather 2 coming up at some point on another jazz off day at some point. All right. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. So, Yak, you got two tickets burning a hole in your pocket in there? To Paradise? Well, I want to use them, but I'm not allowed to do No, such. no. Or Vivid Arena. Yes. Two tickets to see the jazz. Oh, and you've waited so long. The jazz and the Clippers. I've had them sitting here for a while. We had four, but we had to take care of a, of a teacher in the last thing we had two winners and then we had a third good one right at the end so so we got a pair to give away all right two tickets who's going to the game pk you got a question they need to answer yeah i want to have a little fun here right now so you can start dialing or get on the app give us a joke now it has to be clean so don't be dirty it's not going to work if you do if you're dirty we'll bleep you bump you whatever drop you drop you uh, and not give you the and tickets. you have to include the clippers so, like, you know, dumb blonde jokes. And I know that's probably insensitive, and I'll probably get in trouble for that, but it's the only thing that comes to mind. So I want dumb clipper jokes. All right. 855-340-ZONE is the phone number. 855-340-ZONE. You tell your joke on the air. Or you can send your joke in. Use our app. Use the open mic feature, and then you don't have to sit on hold or anything. You just do your quick joke, send it in, and you all can play it. We'll do that next. We'll give away a couple tickets. We got Bowler coming up at 8.30. Dan Feldman from... NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk at 9.05. And at 8.50, Yach has some, what is this, musical encouragement, perhaps? We had a caller yesterday who called in and said, hey, I've got this idea for a song to 
talk about the jazz and it actually works pretty well. So we're really, gonna, yeah. all right, we'll do that coming up about eight fifty. DJ and PK, we're giving away the tickets next. Your Clipper jokes. Stay with us. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When you get the carpets and tile cleaned, it won't be clean. Not just clean. It's Zero Res clean. Don't have it any other way. $33 per room cleaned. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. Call them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. All right, PK. Clipper jokes. Here they come. The first one has been tweeted in. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Taylor, why did the Clippers get fired from the M&M factory? Why? Because they kept throwing out all the W's. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 855-340-ZONE. Hit us up. Now, M&M's is from by Nabisco, and my father's brother-in-law used to be the head of Nabisco. Nabisco based in New Jersey. Your father's brother-in-law. Yes, so his sister's husband. Got it. Dolores. Dolores always married money. That wasn't her first husband. <laughs> <laughs> so when your mom dropped married money, she was really talking about Dolores? Aunt Dolores, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't like a random comment from her. No, and all a specific the relative. All the other, because he came from a family of ten. Uh-huh. And they, my both sides had massive amount of kids, and so yeah, they used to all be envious of Dolores because she married first. She married a doctor, and she married the head of freaking Nabisco. <laughs> <laughs> Smart lady on Dolores. <laughs> all right, let's go to the phones. Austin for two jazz tickets. He's got a joke. Austin, hey, how's it going, fellas? Great, Good. Austin. Hey, so, uh, okay, PK, tell me what you want. Do you want one about the Clippers fans, or do you want ones about the Clippers themselves? Whatever you want. Whatever will make us laugh. Be funny. Okay. What's the difference between the Los Angeles Clippers and a dollar bill? What? You can still get four quarters out of a dollar bill. (laughs) Come on, snakes, nothing. I think, I think we'd all heard that one before. Still funny. All right, hold on, Austin. <laughs> we probably heard every one of them. No, I want something Are new. Are new jokes being made? Yes. All right, give me a new joke. I didn't make them. <laughs> <laughs> You're a joke. <laughs> Adam's up. Adam? Adam, am I yeah. going to have heard this before? Or are we making new jokes? I got a good one for you guys. All right, what Adam. What is the difference between the Clippers and Mosquitoes? What? When you slap mosquitoes, they stop sucking. <laughs> oh, that's new. I haven't heard that. <laughs> You're in the lead. When you slap mosquitoes, mosquitoes, they stop sucking. What's the difference? I like that. <laughs> All right, Jeff. You got to top Adam, Jeff. All right, here we go. Um, being from L.A., how many clippers does it take to screw in a light bulb? <laughs> how many? One. One to hold the light bulb, and the whole world revolves around them. Oh, yeah, that's so Los Angelinos. I agree, man. They think everything is them. Really bugs me. Thanks for the call. Stay on line. Who's up, Yak? Daniel, good morning. Good morning. You ready? Yes, yep. we're ready. Go. 
Why are they limiting attendance at Staples Center to 6,000 Clippers fans? Why? They've been looking around for months now, and that's all they could find. <laughs> Stay on the line, 855-340-ZONE. Chris, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good, Chris. I don't know. I wish I had a funny joke for you guys. I really like them chickens, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Who, um, who's better looking, uh, Gordon Monson or Kawhi uh, Leonard? <laughs> and who needs the Clippers more? Uh, hang up, Yuck. <laughs> it was going so well. It's a little early if you get my drift. Right? <laughs> All right, Brooks. All right. How are you? I got a nice dad joke for you guys. All right, bring it. We're good, Brooks. Go yeah. ahead. All right. So why did the Clippers fall down a well? Why? Because it, cause it turns out they couldn't see that well. <laughs> I did. I did. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, Brooks laughed. <laughs> he did. Too. He told a joke and then laughed. <laughs> it was terrible, yet it was funny. I love stupid humor. Yeah, and and we definitely have listeners who are going to go home and, and tell that dad joke. That's why one of my favorite sitcoms was Cheers. Because it was nothing but stupid, stupid humor jokes. over and over and over again. I don't want to get anything serious. I want it light, fluffy, and dumb. There it is. <laughs> like my co-host used to be. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> Landon, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hi, Landon. What do you call a Los Angeles Clipper in the NBA Finals? What? A referee. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang on. Eight five five three four zero zone. Yak, you got anything you need to play off the app? Okay. <laughs> oh, brother, <laughs> you wanted dumb jokes. You got them. Yeah. All right. The dumber, the better. So far, so good. Oh, I hate a joke. That goes like more than 30 seconds. I'm I out. can't follow it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like, get to the punchline. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Right. This is boom, boom. And you're not alone. That's the whole, uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld famously, when he started doing his, uh, his uh, TV show, uh-huh. took the writers and they watched a bunch of I Love Lucy. You know, how do you construct them? And they timed them and there was like a joke every 28 seconds or something oh, yeah. like that. Really? And they, then they looked at sitcoms of the era they were competing against, all these other shows, and it was down to like a joke every 12 seconds. So, not only do you have to have more jokes, but obviously they have to be boom, 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 right? Yeah. Because if you're telling a 45-second joke, you're not getting enough jokes. And I can't follow it. And the older I get, the less patience I have. You're supposed to have more patience. I'm going the other way. Short jokes, rapid fire. It turned out Henny Youngman and Rodney Dangerfield knew what they were doing. They are before I'm their like, time. I'm Benjamin Button when it comes to uh, patience. Living backwards, huh? Yeah, I had more patience earlier in life. Now I got none. Get out of here. Dirty jokes? I said you can't. Oh, just play one of them then. (laughs) (laughs) Yach right now is checking what's been sent in on the app, and I think people send in the dirty jokes, hoping Yach could just play them. But no, he doesn't trust you people. He doesn't trust you.
You know, everywhere you go, there's Ute fans. Dirty jokes. <laughs> Jeez. This is a clean community and a clean family show. Yeah. Except when it's not. Yeah. But for right now, it is. As far as you know. All right, Jacob's on the open mic. Did you hear about the basketball team that was working at the barbershop? Yeah, the Clippers. Well, it turns out they snipped off all their left arms and left legs. And when ESPN reported on it, you know what they said? They're all right. Yeah, the Clippers, they're all right. <laughs> you anticipated the joke. Never mind. <laughs> I'm not voting for you it. You didn't know where I was going there? No. <laughs> You'd heard that one before, clearly. Or you figured it out. Uh, yeah, I probably heard it. I think it applies in... You know, you can change the parameters of it. 855-340-ZONE or hit us up with the app. Use the open mic feature. Send us a joke. Yak is looking them over as we speak. Don't say it on the air. But you got a leader in the clubhouse? You know who you want to vote for? Because we had two tickets. I should have wrote them down. So we'll both vote. Get this. We'll both vote and then Yak will have to break a tie if we go we go, uh, go for different jokes. Well, what is yours? All right, we'll go to Derek first. All right, Derek. How do you drown a Clipper fan at the Jazz game? Start the wave. Woo, go Jazz! (laughs) (laughs) I got a little loud in my ears there. Had his 15 seconds of fame, he used him well. Yeah. All right, we need to pick a winner now? I'm ready. If you're ready. I am. Of course, I don't know which one. I want to go with... Do we need to review them? I do. <laughs> okay, give, give PK's review. I know who I'm voting or give, for. Or, well, give me yours first. The what second one, Adam with the mosquito. Mosquito. Okay. That was where, that's who I'm going to vote for. Yeah, Adam had one of the mosquitoes. And what was that one? Once you slap a mosquito, they stop sucking. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's it? That's who you're you don't even for? want to review them? Well, if you want to review them, review them. I don't care. We had Austin talking about the dollar bill in four quarters. We had Jeff and the light bulb. We had Daniel and the 6,000 fans being the most they could find for the Staples Center. You had... Uh, How about also- the drunk guy who didn't make any sense? <laughs> <laughs> he actually told me his joke and then decided to go off. I don't know what was going on with that. Anyways. Um, and then we had Jacob, obviously, as PK anticipated the joke, the all right, and Derek with the wave. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine. Mosquito! Adam for the win. Adam's going to the game tonight. Adam, hang on the line. I'll talk to you here in a moment. All right. Craig Bolojack is coming up next. TV voice of the jazz and a, a, a familiar song that has been rearranged for the jazz coming up at 8.50 after Bowler. DJ and PK, TV voice of the jazz. Craig Bolojack next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Just saw an article here posted on uh, Twitter, PK. I want you to answer this. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. The Phoenix Suns look like previous contenders. So why is no one taking them seriously? I don't. Well, I think people are taking them seriously. Debunking the very foundation of the article. Um, but they have zero history. So I think for having zero history and so many other guys having literally – no playoff experience except for this year. Three of their starters, Zippo. Now, Crowder and Paul, obviously, have a lot. And with that framework in mind, they're being taken very seriously. You're 2-0 in the second round. 
If you're not taken seriously now, when are you going to be taken seriously? When are you're you finally t- holding a trophy. In the finals? <laughs> yes. Maybe three. <laughs> I'm not... I said the other, in fact, it's funny you say that, and I didn't know you were going to bring that up, because Neither as, did I. <laughs> as I'm watching that game last night, I can recall Monday, uh-huh. we're saying, oh, I said this is de facto, and I don't even know what de facto means, the uh, winner of this season, series will go on to the NBA Finals. I thought to myself, ooh, I may have just spoke a little too soon, soon. which wouldn't be the first time, nor the last, because they looked that good last night. They, I mean, they looked awesome. People are assuming Nets and Clippers, though. I still stand by it, but I'm not as solid today as I was, what's today, Thursday, uh, as I was on uh, Monday. I'll be the first to admit that, or Tuesday. DJ PK and the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack, joining us. Bowler, good morning. Hey, good morning, DJ PK. What's we, up? We are, the three of us. <laughs> It's yes. game two. The Jazz won game one with Donovan going for 45 and no Mike Conley. I guess first off, when you hear Mike Conley questionable, before we get anything else, do you think Conley's playing tonight? You got a gut instinct or do you know anything? Uh, no, I wish I did. Gut instinct, uh, you know, he'll go through shoot-around as uh, usual protocol and uh, they'll probably say he went through portions of practice again. My, I'm just guesstimating that, no, not here at home. The Jazz uh, will be on their own. Well, Donovan, they you know they rallied and did just fine in the second half. The heck of a performance in the second half. But I'm guessing another two days gives them, uh, you know, two road games in L.A. That's the guess. But you know what? Hard to say. I love to see him back on the floor because we know the impact he sure. had against the Memphis Grizzlies and, you know, if you can get a, a full-strength, healthy backcourt, this team's even better uh, than what we saw in the second half in Game 1. So I devour all sorts of uh, national shows, whether on television or radio. Uh, I just I seem like I'm addicted to it. And I, and I find myself always arguing with them. I guess that's because <laughs> once I leave here, uh, I can't argue with DJ unless I call him up. Right. And so he'll probably, and then he can hang up on me. So here he's forced to be with me until 10 o'clock. And, you know, my wife looks at me like, shut up, man. I don't want to hear it. And so the dog, he just barks at me either way. So, he out the room. Yeah, yeah. So I have to argue what, with myself while I listen to these shows. And I can't remember which show was saying it, but they were talking about, ah, the Clippers are going to be just fine. I'm still picking them because look at, man, they didn't play that well and they only lost by three. So you look for stuff that's sustainable over the course of a series. And so I want to say, okay, fine. You know, they didn't play well in the second half and Kawhi and Paul George weren't that good in terms of what they're capable of doing. I mean, they were okay, but they could do much better. But then at the same time, how many times are the Jazz going to play a game in which they missed 21 straight shots? So I can go back and forth on that and it comes out of wash, I think. You know what, PK? That is the the beauty of talk radio because it, whoever picks one side or the other has their own argument, right? Yeah. I mean, look, you're spot on about the Jazz. The first half they put up, or the first quarter, right? They go, they put up 23s. They go seven of 27 in the first half, and I mean, nothing was going right. I mean, they looked like they had six days off. I was stunned they didn't have more playoff mojo going. And then in the second half, whatever was discussed at halftime, like maybe, hey, don't forget, you have the best record in the NBA. Hey, do you realize you're the number one seed in the NBA? Uh, Do you realize there's a packed house out there? 
And then you saw a turnaround. Third quarter, it was just magical because you got the crowd back involved. Donovan Mitchell did his thing like he usually does. And then, of course, it set up for the comeback and the defensive stand uh, against Marcus Morris Sr. and the block by Gobert. And you had to wonder, fatigue maybe set in after the game six and seven magic that Kawhi showed against Dallas, right, PK? So, I mean, I can we can argue on both sides. Were they tired? Maybe. Did they get some rest over the last 24 hours? Of course. But I, I'm with I, – I, I guess it's because we cover the Jazz. I, I get it that I didn't think the Jazz played worth a darn in the first half, right? And then we saw the Jazz – uh, the way that we know them in the second, but also the discussion should, should include there wasn't Mike Conley in that lineup in game one. And it may happen in game two. So adjustments. Joe, back in the starting lineup. See, no one ever discusses those points, right? It's always about mostly Kawhi or Paul George. And I don't think this series is going to be 10 and 12 and 14-point wins on either side. I think what we got, what we saw – is going to be pretty much the way that these games are played, uh, whether it goes seven, five, six, whatever it may be. Uh, so, yeah, I can understand your your barking at the radio or the TV on a daily basis. I get it. I think I'm going to come over to your house and we'll just argue all day. Yeah, no, it works. <laughs> I do the same thing. I go, come on, man. Do you understand that Conley wasn't in the game? Do you understand how he played and went? nearly double-double every game that he that he played in those five games against Memphis, that he got head-butted and got kicked in the kidneys. Uh, well, not kicked, but punched. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on. I, it's it's You can always pick one side or the other. I think so it's what, great strategy way. by the Jazz to rest Conley in this series to have him full health <laughs> in the next one. Yeah, yeah it's a total, it's a total <laughs> like, hey, man, we, we have a, we're really not worried about the Clippers. Well, right? the Clippers, they negotiated to try to get the Jazz. That's clear, and then they deny it. Well, the Jazz, we're going to rest Conley so we have them ready for the Suns. Yeah, yeah, or ready for the road. We one-upped you. Yeah. I always love it when people one-up one another. That would be the ultimate one-upper. That is the one-upper. <laughs> We're resting, Mike. We don't need him against such a low-level yeah. opponent. Yeah. Until we get I'll give Quinn a hundred bucks to say that on a Zoom session. Oh, I don't think he'll do it, but I would write the check right now. Where's the yeah. cash? Say yeah, it right. afterward. Then after you beat him, that'd be so cool. <laughs> that would be hilarious. He would yeah. never do it, but that would be hilarious. Like a long evalu- after a long evaluation, we've decided to give Mike some time off. Okay. Yeah. No. Where's you know, Mike? Conley, I don't know. He'll be back for the Sun Series. You know Conley <laughs> wants to be out there making progress, but still, I think the Jazz realize if you're one up, you know, it only helps Mike's case. If you're if you're if you lost that game, it maybe puts even more pressure on his return. But again, the Jazz, as we know, have always been very uber. Uh, let's say is the word sensitive about uh, just the, they protect the player, and I get it. They're, they have investments, but at the same time, they want them on the floor, but they got to make sure that it's just not one of those situations where they get six minutes out of a guy and they're right back to square one. So that's part of the equation, I'm guessing, that is, is discussed on a daily basis with Mike and, and the staff. I think actually that's like the biggest thing, isn't it? I mean, the biggest thing is to make sure that he doesn't tweak, because he tweaks right. and he's out three weeks or a month. Right. I mean, you do the math now, that's the rest of this series, that's the next series, 
maybe he's available if they're playing in the NBA Finals. So it seems like to me that has to be, that's a major consideration. Yeah, no question. And, you know, look, I mean, look at the age. He's still in great shape. I get it, but it's a problem. It's, a, it's, it's an ongoing nagging issue that he's had since he arrived in Utah. But when he's healthy, he's dynamic. Ever since he kind of figured out the Quinn Snyder system, he fits, and they always felt like he would. And I think he's shown since the bubble last year exactly who Mike Conley is. Uh, a healthy Mike Conley only makes his team better. And then again, he has to can be concerned too. I'm sure the outside thought, right, is, you know, he's looking for another contract. And, you know, the more time you spend off the floor is concerning, but also um, if you re-injured, like you just said, DJ, then what do you do going into the, po- the end of the off season? So it's kind of a quandary right now. I mean, Conley's going to play. I, I'm, I don't know what his future plans are and what the Jazz plans would be for him, but you know he's been dynamic and he's been a good fit with Donovan when he's when he's healthy. And um, we'll see how it plays out. But again, I think they're being you know uber careful about his, his health uh, because of his future and also what the Jazz what they may need him down the road. And that that comes into play. So, as I said earlier, the two George and, and uh, Leonard obviously are their their best players, and I, they only combined for what I think like forty three points. Forty three. It's not bad. It's not bad. But you know, I do have a concern about them being uh, able to go off. Uh, what do you? What's your level of confidence in the way the Jazz defended them? that that can be what this series is as far as them, because we saw, particularly in Game 6, when the Clippers absolutely need to have it, Leonard went berserk. Yeah, yeah. No, Game 6 and 7 were incredible against Dallas, and especially in the second half. So, you know, it's kind of like Donovan when he goes off and surveys the floor and understands who he's up against in the first half, and then it's dawn time, so to speak. And that's what Kawhi has done his entire career. You know, PK, DJ, it's a good question. I'm anxious to see adjustments by Ty Lue tonight and also with, you know, adjustments to the altitude here, you know, and this game six and seven of motion and then the quick turnaround while the Jazz, by the way, had the six days off. So, you know, both of them were in different situations where I didn't think the time off would bode well for the Jazz, honestly, because I think they're they're just a better team when they play every other night. And that's the way they, they got this thing done throughout the entire truncated 72-game schedule this year, right? So this one is going to be intriguing. I mean, what will rest do for Kawhi and Paul George? Uh, will they attack Gobert and try to get him to foul trouble earlier than they did? I thought they were jump shooters most of the game. Um, the legs didn't look, you know, like they were underneath him all that in the first game. I wonder if it'll be more crisp in attack mode, try to put Gobert into foul trouble and get to the free throw line in the in the first half. We'll wait and see. I thought the Jazz had good minutes against him, and they defended, and I thought they were fatigued. I really do. I think the Jazz defense was fatiguing, but I'll give the Clippers credit too. I thought they busted tail on the defensive end most of the night. They crowded the Jazz. They forced some bad threes, and I'm hoping the Jazz understand that you know there's another shot in this in the game, and that's mid court or even driving to the rim more. Uh, they finally figured that out. I thought more in the second half, and but Bogdanovich has done it the entire season, and we know what uh, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell can do. But I thought they took some just you know. 
some three-point shots. They rush shots that shouldn't have been shouldn't have been taken in the first half. But I, you know, again, once you settle down and talk to Quinn Snyder, maybe he didn't even talk. Maybe he said, "You guys figure it out." But I thought they came out with a totally different concept uh, the way they wanted to attack and play in, in the second half. So, if the Clippers tip their defense towards Donovan because they just can't let Donovan go for forty-five and beat you. Who do you expect to maybe go off? You got any gut feelings? Well, it's time for Joe to go off, right? It is. I mean, Joe hasn't forgotten how to play. And I know Joe's frustrated, but, you know, the shot, the shot's going to be there. I think Joe is ready for one of those breakout games, one of those five three-pointers, five of nine. And I love the drive, the look off, the layup, or the dish into Gobert. I could see that Joe's one of those guys – that uh, I think when the time you know is right, it's his time. And I would think that without Conley, if he doesn't play, I could see you know with the Jazz need Joe. That's all there is to it. Uh, Clarkson, you know, fired up you know the empty shots in the first half and then caught fire. I mean, you know, that's kind of the way he plays. We know that. But I would think a George Niang would be an X factor tonight. Just you know, a couple of three threes. Uh, you know that would that would put a little icing on the cake, and even a Royce O'Neal who bust tail throughout the night playing defense, uh, just to have a couple of shots off his hand. I think the bench uh, and a Joe Ingles night uh, would bode well for Utah if they do double down. Most likely Donovan Mitchell and crowd him on the three point line. Hopefully Rudy's out there setting screens, and and Donovan can find space and and even maybe be a better driver in game two uh, and getting to the rack. Are you going to be involved with this watch party? Yeah. Uh, tonight, you know, uh, in game one, we were doing uh, some stuff on the Jumbotron. It's it's really – I'm really happy the Jazz are using the Jumbotron and it gets us involved. It's tough, PK, as you know. Once the train pulls out of the station and you run for 72 games, they open the door and kick you out, and that's just the way it is. But it's great that, that we're still involved. Uh, we'll be involved in game two tonight with Big T and Alema. And then in the watch party, I'm not sure exactly what's what's going down in games three and four, but we'll be we'll be involved as well, which is good. I love to be in the arena, and the watch party we had last week, I think, was a bigger, more attended. What was it? Over six thousand or so, right? I think they had eight or nine thousand reservations. Six thousand were in the building, and I it's just I think it's going to grow honestly as the Jazz continue the the journey through the playoffs, but. It's fun to have people in the building when there's no one, when the game is, you know, in Los Angeles or was in Memphis. It's, it's a great thing. And also I think the Jazz fans have a lot of fun just to be, a, to be around one another. Concessions are open. It's, it's a great carnival kind of you know, atmosphere. I like it. Well, I think with all the cord cutters out there, uh, maybe not so much for Game 3 because that's over the air on ABC, but Game 4 on Monday when they go back on cable TV, I think right. that that's a great outlet for a lot of people who want to watch the games, but you know they either don't want or can't afford to pay that cable or satellite bill, so the watch parties are great. I think your role in this, from what I've heard, is that uh, you're actually going to be fighting fans, some kind of UFC octagon thing going on oh, that, uh, during the TV timeouts. They so. haven't told me that yet. Is that why I saw the cage being Exactly. Yeah, Shirtless Craig Bullerjack just kicking people in the head. Yeah, that makes all makes sense. The octagon was dropped yeah. off. Yeah. I wonder, what the heck is that? I'll have to fight a bear or something as well, I hear. I, maybe that's. I wouldn't mind seeing you topless. Yeah. Again. <laughs> 
He can. I mean, maybe, you know, it's a, it's one of those tag team wrestling deals. You're over there. Oh, you know, nice. Then I, I reach out and I, I struggle. I struggle to, to make the, 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 the tag. Yeah, as long as it's Corey, uh, choreographed and we win. <laughs> <laughs> but I finally reach out, and then all of a sudden Carl Malone arrives, and he jumps in the ring against PK. Oh, there you go. Is he going to be there tonight? Have you spoken to him? I, st- I spoke to him uh, during Mark Eden's uh, celebration of life, and uh, it, he did a great talk, and so did Frank Layden. Uh, and and Big T uh, sang a song. I, I you know, it, it was it was really touching, and I was so glad to see Rudy walk in with fifty three. Yeah. Uh, the other night, I thought that was just class. And then of course was given his third. He's a three timer uh, defensive player of the year. I mean, what a special season. I mean, Quinn gets third place in the coaching of voting. Thibodeau wins uh, in the in the East with the uh, with the Knicks. And then Monty Williams with Phoenix, but it's been a hell of a year for the Jazz and the awards. But Rudy always says the right things. Look, you know, he thanked his mom. And then last night, the bottom line is it's all about the championship. It's all about the goal. I mean, this team is focused. And, you know, if they could get Mike back in there, PK and DJ, I, I think it'd be a dangerous team to handle the rest of the way. And, um, but as Quinn will tell you, it's one game at a time. In, in reality, it is. You have to. You can't look too far ahead and you can't look back so as ricky rubio said uh during his days with the jazz not too high not too low i know those are the cliches of cliches but i think players really adopt that you have to you lose your sanity you just can't look you got to forget the past whether you had 45 or 5 i mean it's it's one one of those things you have to approach and tonight clear your head and go out and play basketball because there'll be a whole bunch of different circumstances and you don't know you don't know how on Paul George will be. What about Luke Kennard, by the way? I mean, he was an X factor, which I think everyone in the arena went, Whoa, why is he dropping bombs on the jazz? And, you know, that was I thought part of the 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 crazy equation of game one was there's you know, that that was a guy I didn't expect. And so there's always that X factor that comes into play. And you ask, maybe it's Joe tonight. I hope it's Joe. Uh is it is it George Niang? Maybe. So um, you know, there's always someone out there that surprises you, that helps you, lifts you to a win. And the Jazz need a, you know, a lot of guys right now with Mike out. Bowler, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for stopping by. You're the man. Hey, tell Joe to hit a three, will you? <laughs> okay. I don't think we're going to be speaking to him, but sure. I'm having coffee okay. with him today. Oh, you are? Yeah. You're the man. All right, Bowler, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Talk soon. All right, Dan Feldman covers the NBA for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. He's coming up in about 15 minutes. Yach's got a little musical number with some help from a listener that apparently is uh, quite entertaining. And we also do have some jokes as well. All right, updating some uh, Clipper jokes. Some filtered in after our contest that I had a good time going through, so we'll play some of those. All right, we'll play some of those, and we'll have the the song for you next as well. Yeah, song coming up. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-2080. That's Davis Vision. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. 
Jazz win by three, take a one game to none lead over the Clippers. It was a roller coaster of a game. The missed shots in the first quarter. Third quarter where Donovan Mitchell was as good as a basketball player could possibly yeah. be. Rudy blocking the shot to win the game was a heck of a ball game. It's good to feel the playoff buzz in this city again. It was pure energy in this building last yeah. night. I don't know how this series is going to turn out, but the Jazz can win it. They can go all the way. They can. I don't know if they will, but when fans sense that from their team, that flips the switch. People get excited. And in the building last night, the place was rocking, and the Jazz feed off of that. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. What happened the last time Joe Ingles became Paul George's daddy? He went home to Kawhi. What happened when Gobert blocked Boris? It made Leonard Kawhi. I got multiple Clipper jokes. Paul George, Marcus Morris, Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly. You want me to keep going? The whole team's a fetching joke. Did you hear that the Clippers don't have a website? Yeah, that's right. They can't put three W's together. <laughs> yeah! Oh, those are all good. There and I've got a few more. These like I going forward with these contests. If we're gonna use the open mic, we've got to have a little lead time because. Okay, we'll do that. We'll remember when we give we, away finals tickets. Yeah, good, good call. At a kid, PK. <laughs> they flooded my inbox, and there's some good ones in there. We'll play more throughout the morning, though. Okay. All right. So you got a call from a listener, right, Yak, who said, "Here's the song." which I think a lot of people are going to recognize. Certainly a lot of people of a certain age are going to recognize. But even people like you, Yach, because your dad, you got a lot of your musical taste through your dad, so you know it too. Oh, Warren? Yeah, he's a rocker. So. Warren? <laughs> really? <laughs> I forgot his name. What is his name? Nate. Nate, there you go. And then there was one slight adjustment that needed to be made to the song. Correct. And you made that adjustment. Correct. To make it more topical to this series. Mm-hmm. One part of it was very topical. We just had to add one small piece to it. All right. Hit it, maestro. There, Yak. Good work. Peter reached out yesterday. Funny enough, Peter is actually a native of Adelaide, Australia. He's been living here for about 25 years. Ooh, that's Joe's area, isn't it? He says he's a massive, massive fan. He, he, he says he's from Hope Valley, if I'm not mistaken. Peter probably will call in and correct me on that. Joe's from not too far away there in Happy Valley, apparently. But he said he's been here in Utah for 25 years, massive jazz fan, and remembered Manfred Mann and said, hey, you know what? If you make the slight adjustment, it works with what's going on right now. Mighty Quinn and Donovan Mitchell. All right, there it is. So Hope Valley to Happy Valley. How far is that? Well, next week we'll do Australian geography. they got a lot of valleys down there. We'll figure that out. Apparently. 
All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. When we come back, Dan Feldman, he covers the NBA for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. We'll talk Jazz and Clippers game two with Dan Feldman next. Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah. Counting you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time now to welcome in Dan Feldman. He covers the NBA for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Dan, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good. So, Dan, you've been around the NBA long enough to know jazz fans crave a few things. National respect, a championship. I'm wondering if you view the jazz. Well, how did you view them before game one of the Clipper series? And did that change anything when you watched that game? I've been high on the jazz all year. I've, I, you know, I, I viewed them as uh, going into the season as a very, very safe playoff team. Uh, one of the better teams in the West, I think a little higher than most people didn't, didn't take me long to recognize that this is a championship contender, that everything is coming together. Uh, that said, there are multiple championship contenders. Uh, this year, there are seemingly more than we've had in a long time. And the Clippers are one of them. Uh, you know, a win in a best of seven series is so important, and the Jazz got that. They're up 1-0. That's a big deal. I also think the Clippers, you know, coming off that seven-game series against the Mavericks, playing at altitude, uh, they did. Uh, they looked fatigued at times. They went deeper with the rotation. They didn't look particularly sharp. Uh, I think Kawhi Leonard is such a great postseason player that I probably think the Clippers will be the slightly better team throughout the rest of this po- uh, playoff series. But being slightly better uh, might not be enough once you're down 1-0. You've got to be somewhat significantly better, and I'm not sure the Clippers will do that. I think this is uh, the most intriguing second-round series, and I think it could go either way. So as we approach the second game, what did you see in game one that caught your eye that could the, both teams could be able to use to their benefit in game two and the rest of the series? Um, well, well, I think the Clippers uh, need to get better personnel on the floor. I think you know, a lot of Luke Kennard, Donovan Mitchell could take advantage there. Um, and, and I think that was most likely because we're, you know, what we were just saying about the fatigue coming off that Dallas series. Uh, so if the Clippers can get per- better personnel on the floor, I think that, that bodes well for them. But Donovan Mitchell is a really good playoff player. Uh, he has stepped up in the postseason enough times now to, to know he can do this. Uh, he, he hasn't reached a level where you can count on him doing that every game, uh, but he's definitely capable. And so I, you know, I think especially as long as Mike Conley's out, a lot of this is going to ride on how hot Donovan Mitchell is. Law was made of the Clippers' ability to go small, but I thought when they went big, they made some plays. How would you play it if you were Ty Lue going forward? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. They were better when they, they went big, uh, but in theory, on paper, it does seem like their small lineup can give the, the Jazz a, a little bit more trouble. Rudy Gobert is better in space than he used to be. He's He's good even, uh, but he's much better when he can camp out in the paint. Like that's when he's at his very best. 
Uh, so if you can get Rudy Gobert not playing to his strength, uh, so I'm not sure, you know, because it, like you said, it did work better in game one when they went big. Uh, I think you've just got to be open to, uh, to either way. I think, it, you know, it's still a feel out portion of the series, figuring out what's going to work, what doesn't, uh, which specific matchups are, are helping. Um, Cause I, I don't think it's clear. I think going into the series, it looked like going small would, would be better. And now it's unclear. I'm sort of thinking as this series progresses that we may not have any flow from one game to the next. So whatever I saw in game one, I don't know that I can really bank and count on game two and so forth. Do you think that is accurate? Well, I think it's more so true from game one because the Clippers were in such a different situation uh, because of the fatigue. And, uh, you know, if Mike Conley comes back, that's going to – swing things again, uh, but maybe once the series settles in, we'll see more game-to-game to game flow, uh, but yeah, I think for the early part of the series, I think you're right uh, th- that it might be a little disconnected. I'm with you on the Clippers looking looking fatigued, looking tired, looking worn out. You know, it's uh, winning game seven, and you got to play two days later on the road at elevation, but I don't know that they get their legs under them for game two. They don't have... Uh, a three-day break here. I mean, they're going to play every other day. Maybe it helps being back home with their crowd and no elevation. Uh, do you think this is just going to be an issue for them when you see the massive minutes that somebody like Kawhi Leonard had to play? I mean, it might continue to be an issue, but they did expand their rotation in game one, uh, I think with the idea of, all right, let's get our legs back under us uh, for the rest of the series. It's not like they threw the game. They were right there. In the end, their, their top players still played a, a good amount. Um, but, but I think the hope for them is that's a reset. But no, it very much could be that they're just tired the, the rest of the way, that they're, they're worn down and feeling it, and the Jazz have this energy advantage. You think it gets chippy at all? It could. I mean, I think there are uh, enough players on, on both teams who uh, opponents don't like going against who can frustrate opponents, uh, which – might be a compliment to, to all of those players. Um, you know, so yeah, it, it could. I think the longer a playoff series goes, there's more room for that. Guys get tired of, of seeing each other. And uh, I think there's more potential for this series to go longer than any other second round series. All right. Do you mean Patrick Beverly or Joe Ingles or both? <laughs> you can throw Patrick Ingles uh, or Patrick Beverly in there for sure. Joe Ingles, absolutely. Uh, I think Rudy Gobert can get on some opponents' nerves. Uh, Marcus Morris definitely can. Yeah, Rajon right. Rondo. It, it's not a short list uh, <laughs> between these teams. So I thought that earlier in the week that the winner of this series would go on to the finals. Now I've seen the Suns go up 2-0. I'm starting to have a little bit of doubt. How about you? I, I, again, I think this is a wide open year, more so than we've we've seen in a while. Uh, the Suns are a championship contender, absolutely, right there with the Jazz, right there with the Clippers. Uh, I'm just more fascinated to see how it plays out. The Suns are are really really good in, in some similar ways to how how the Jazz are good. Uh, they play hard, they play together, they have good depth, they've got underrated uh, top level talent. Chris Paul has been you know such a good playoff player throughout his career. Everybody gets hung up on, on a few disappointing moments, and those are real. Those happen. Those count too. But even if you count those, his overall record in the postseason has been awesome individually. Um, and now, now he's got a, a good young team around him. Uh, I like how they defend versatility. I like how they can create their, their own shot uh, with Paul, with Devin Booker. 
they're a really good team. It, it's, uh, I hope, and it probably will be how it goes, but I hope when we're done with, with this postseason, we don't look as, oh, whichever team of you know the Jazz or the Suns or even the Clippers doesn't win the West, oh, they were frauds, they didn't have it. No, these are all really good teams. I don't think the Nuggets are there once Jamal Murray got hurt, but these other three teams, they're all really good. Only one can win. We're joined right now by Dan Feldman. He covers the NBA for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. Uh, you say this is the series with the best chance to go along. I think the only other one would be Atlanta, New York. Don't you think Denver and Milwaukee are both beat and they know they're beat? Uh, yeah, I mean, teams up 2-0 after winning the first two games at home win 94% of the time. It's not that those series are done, uh, but they look fairly close to done. Uh, 76ers, Hawks, it's a little more even. Uh, but I also think the 76ers have been the better team throughout the season. Uh, Joel Embiid looks healthy. You wouldn't really be able to tell he's injured. Uh, so I think Philadelphia has a, a pretty big advantage there. But that is the other one with a little more intrigue. Because uh, the way the Nets have beaten the Bucks uh, and the way the Suns have, have beaten the Nuggets, it's hard to see those trailing teams coming back. You okay with Rudy Gobert as the depoy? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm not okay with, uh, all the votes Ben Simmons got. Uh, I think it was Rudy Gobert by a landslide. I do think uh, that Rudy Gobert is a, is a better regular season defender than playoff defender. And he's a great playoff defender too. Uh, he's just even better in the regular season. This is a regular season award. Uh, I, I think his victory should have been even more decisive. Well, he got 84 out of a hundred votes, but I'm sure jazz fans wouldn't mind it if it was unanimous. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was an award race this year where I thought there was a runaway winner more so than Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year. And honestly, I think this was like, I know everybody out in Utah loathes Ben Simmons campaigning for this award, Doc Rivers campaigning for Ben Simmons. I think it worked. I think without that campaign, I don't think Ben Simmons gets 15 first place votes. How much do you believe in Paul George in the postseason? Ooh, uh, more than most people do, uh, but definitely not. Uh, it's not complete faith. He definitely has his downer games, including game one, uh, but he has been in the postseason a long time. He's very up and down. I think people forget how good he was with the Pacers leading them uh, deep into the playoffs, going toe to toe with the eventual champion heat. Uh, he's had a lot of good playoff moments. He can be very good in the playoffs. Don't overlook him. Don't just assume uh, that he's not going to come through for his team because he will sometimes. He just doesn't do it all the time. So when it's all done, is it the Nets or does Harden have to stay healthy? Ooh, yeah, you know, I, I do think the Nets at this point are the most likely team to win the title, but I would take the field uh, over them still. They're obviously, they're obviously more talented with James Harden when he's healthy. Uh, but I'm not sure totally how much he adds. There's some diminishing returns on the scoring at a certain point once you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Those guys are so good. Such great shot makers can do it in the playoffs. James Harden, again, as the talent level, makes their offense even more dangerous. Uh, but the way the Nets have defended in this series against the Bucs, I've been so impressed. And some of that is having better defensive personnel on the floor when you're not playing James Harden. That's some of it. Now, Harden steps up his defense a little bit in these playoffs, too. I think all the Nets have. Uh, but he's not naturally a really good defender. Uh, he's good at a couple of things he, you know, here and there. He's good in the post. He's good when he's in his individual matchup. When it comes to team defense, he can be lazy. He can lose his man. A lot of things can go wrong there. 
Uh, and, and so I, I think maybe even without James Harden, uh, the Nets are a different team in some ways. In some ways, they're a better team without him. In some ways, they're better with him. Uh, maybe some of that's a little matchup dependent exactly how you want to play to it. Uh, but they're able to handle having Harden gone fairly well. Do you think the biggest NBA news of the week so far is that LeBron is changing numbers next season? <laughs> Uh, you know, from, from interactions on our site, uh, it might be. Everybody's very interested in this. And, oh, man, what, what a story. Years in the making, talking about giving up his number for Anthony Davis. I mean, what a, what a feel-good story. <laughs> and it's going to sell a lot of jerseys. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you got all the LeBron jerseys, I get, I get the new ones, and you know, new jer- every team's got new jerseys every year, and so you're going to have to get the number sixes for next year and the year after and the year after, and uh, yeah, I mean, if uh, if that's important to you, if selling jerseys is important to you, it's a great move uh, for the rest of us. Eh, who cares? <laughs> I've already asked my parents to get it for me for Christmas. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I guess you got to be good between now and exactly. December. Exactly. Uh, the onus is on me and, now for the rest of the year. No jersey Excellent for point. PK. Excellent point. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Dan, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, Dan Feldman covers the NBA for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk. You can read him there. I feel dirty. And that's because? Because I agree with you. For what? This idea of the tough Mavericks series, which it was, no doubt, obviously, a ton of energy was expended with uh, Leonard and George averaging 40.7 minutes, both of them right on the dot. That's a lot of minutes to be playing in a course of seven games, plus the just the emotional nature of it rather than strictly physical. And if they were a little gassed in game one, I don't see how they get ungassed because the amount of rest time doesn't change. that big, yeah. He uh, Kawhi Leonard got in foul trouble, so he didn't play as many minutes. I wonder if they hadn't had foul trouble, and I have to go back and look at the box score, but it seems like other people had foul trouble too. If they didn't have foul trouble, would they have spread the minutes around? It's the only way for them to win to play Kawhi and Paul George yes. for 40 minutes. But he didn't get into foul trouble. They chose to take him out. Foul trouble is when you have five. <laughs> Well, you know coaches are going to take him out when you get two in the first well, quarter. Well, I know. Now, the, the third no, one no he got. that says you have to. The third one he got right before halftime, so you only would have played an extra 45 and seconds took him or out, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I just wonder, you don't foul. Don't put yourself in the position of foul. I, it just frustrates me sometimes when you see this. It's a postseason, and, oh, he got, I got two fouls. I got to take him out. As if it's a bylaw. The NBA bylaws, hold on. So I don't think bylaws. it was second. foul trouble. He had two fouls, and they chose to take him out. Second foul, I got to go. You don't have to go. That's the point. And he's smart enough, and I wonder how, how much the referees, how much guts do they have to call a foul on their star player in a playoff game when everybody in their dog who's interested is watching. It better be where you ran over somebody <laughs> and it becomes so blatantly and- obvious you had no choice. And not playing big minutes. I mean, he still played 36 minutes. That's That would be a big number for most people, but because he's Kawhi Leonard and he's coming off a series averaging 40, it feels like he didn't play as much. But I wonder if they'll try to run him out there for 40 in this game. Well, if you you got to win the game. I mean, you don't literally have to win this game. But. Yeah, but the pressure's on. You don't want to be down 0-2, and I know they came back in the last round from 0-2, but you can't keep playing with fire. And... Yeah, I don't know how much you can count on your home court. You lost two there, didn't you? To start, right? 
You lose three. You no, they one lost three. Th- you went one and three yeah. at home, and you advanced. Yeah, with six straight losses. How many times does that happen? <laughs> and, and, and you're not uh, going to have the only other team that I can think that went one and th- well, I can, they didn't. They went one and two because when the Jazz played the Clippers, that was uh, the the home team only won two games in that series. I don't even remember when that was. 2017. Joe Johnson hits the shot. Game I, one. I, I mean, I don't remember. I mean, remember you don't remember how the series went? Yeah, yeah. the road team won five I out of seven. I remember Joe Johnson hitting a shot. shot. Yes, yes, I do. Road team won five out of seven. That, and I know they won game seven, but I can't remember anything, anything in else game seven. in the middle. I just remember Joe Johnson hitting the shot of that whole series. That's the only thing I remember. You don't remember Rudy Gobert got hurt. Like, okay, now opening, you say that, yes. In the opening yeah. minute of the opening game, I think he yes. played, it might have been the first possession, actually. It was, and then Derek Favors came up. Fa- Favors was really good, and Gobert yeah. came back in game four, I think. Maybe five. And then what are they supposed to have, 7,000 fans? <laughs> All you Utah Republicans, aren't you grateful that we have a Democrat <laughs> there now? <laughs> and I think all that will change in the next round, but they got to be there in the next round for it to change. Oh, in the conference final round you're speaking Well, of? I don't know what's going well, on because it's in, sold out. I don't know what's going on because it's indoors, and so I don't know the rules in California that well, but I've, read, but I've read multiple right outdoors. I've read multiple things about that would be awesome. I've read multiple things about the baseball teams in mid-June are all going to full capacity. Irregardless of location? I know the Padres are. I think the Dodgers are. The A's, no one writes about that because they won't even if the rules change. So it's the Giants and the Angels that I'd have to have to check on. But I've seen stories about the Dodgers and the Padres. Oh, well, they'll crowds. be done, so it won't matter. Right, that's the thing, is I don't know what it'll matter in mid-June. <laughs> they'll be on our rearview mirror. Be all Phoenix all the time at that point. You know, oh man, it's going to be blazing hot too. You showed me your phone the other day. When does it go to 110? Oh, 110? Yeah. That's cool. It was uh, like a one. Well, if it's 100 here, Katie bar the door down there. <laughs> there was a thing, PK showed me the phone in a commercial. goes, look at this. And there was like uh, four days in the hundreds, I think. And then it went to 111 and didn't go down. Tomorrow's 106, uh, then Saturday 109, Sunday 111, and that's the coolest day of the next week. <laughs> Monday 115, Tuesday 117, three they have this three consecutive days of 117, sandwiched by 115 on both sides of those three consecutive days. I'm telling you. That is the number one reason why these kids leave to go play college ball elsewhere. You can blame whatever coach or whatever coaching staff you want, but as long as it's 117 degrees, they want out. Kids are going to take an offer and go to Utah or California. They try something. They'll else. go to they'll go to heat and humidity in Texas and Florida. They don't care. They're gone. And it, it's like you know an illness is coming, and there's nothing you can do about it. So you get to May. Like I was talking to my sister. It's her birthday. I told you she went over to. Uh, Del Mar in that area the other day mm-hmm. and she was talking to me because it was at the end of May and she was talking to me yeah we know when we go home we know what we're facing and it's exactly the way it is you just you know it's coming and there's zero you can do about it and you absolutely dread it it's the only place the only city in the country where everybody dreads summer now I will say that in other areas it's gotten very very hot and humid so it's not like you can go to the hottest place I ever played golf was at the LSU golf course in August when I was down there for the watchdog covering Utah State, and they have a golf course, and I played it because I had a couple of days, 
and the humidity and all was, it was just awful. And I grew up playing in 115 and it was brutal. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of places you can go to escape it, but they, but the thing about this is this is every freaking day until the middle of October now. Well, the San Diego State's coaching staff better get on it. Just start mailing them weather reports, texting them the weather every day. What's his name? What's the guy's name? The coach? The Michigan guy? Can't think of his name. Brady Hoke. Brady Hoke, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of talent there, man. It's 79 here today. So much. Nice ocean breeze. (laughs) Come come over to the Mesa. Let's do this. I don't have... um, on my phone, I don't have San Diego, but I have Manhattan Beach. Well, it's not going to be that different. No, the high. Well, for them, next week in the middle, where it's going to it's going to be warm in the West because next Wednesday they got eighty one, and that's upper level for them. So all around next week, I, mean, I guess today and tomorrow is supposed to be cooler here, but I think it, I think it plays a, a factor in kids wanting to get out. Yeah, absolutely. I think they want to try something different, man, because they just get so sick of it. Uh, I know I was sick of it. My, and when I finally moved out, uh, it was July 4th, and we wanted to do something to be cool. So we we're going to, I was first year of my marriage, and we're going to get, uh, we go to a movie, and I go to the theater. I'd like to see this show. We're sold out. I'd like to see this show. We're sold out. I want to see this show. So you got anything? No. <laughs> it's two o'clock in the afternoon. You, you, you couldn't have told me that straight up that you just don't have any. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She made me go like three different things, and so we went bowling just because at that point anything to go out. Yeah, and out I, of the house, we were but in a, stay indoors. We were in an apartment in Mesa, and I was paying for utilities. And so my wife's a first year teacher, and I'm working making a cool sixteen thousand, which was my second newspaper job, which was a five thousand dollar raise. Nice. I remember when I got uh, the Mesa Tribune. How much do you want? Uh, okay, big shot, man. I'm like 23 years old. You know, man. Well, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, maybe uh, 300 a week. Oh, man. Oh, no, no. I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. <laughs> <laughs> I want the job so bad. <laughs> and they give it, they gave it to me. Which equated, I think, if you do the math, to 16000 My first job <laughs> offer in a radio station in Santa Barbara was six hours a day, six days a week, no benefits, $800 a month. And I said, no. I can't oh, live on did? that. Yeah, I can't live on that. Wow. Yeah. I just, and I wanted to, re- and I told the guy, John, I just was telling you about him today because it's his birthday and it popped up on Facebook. I told John Palmentary, I said, I want the job. I want it really bad, but I, I can't live on that. I mean, you know what it costs to rent. I, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to pay. So, carry it through. He said, let me get back to you. And he came back and got from the, uh, the owners, whatever, five days a week, eight hours a day, benefits $1,000 a month. I'm in. I took it. It's not bad. Yeah. And, and had a roommate. It was five guys in a four-bedroom house, and we're all splitting the rent because Santa Barbara's freakishly expensive. So that was the only way to make it work. But it made it work. Cool. So, all right, DJ and PK, when we come back. Everything you missed in this show. We're getting you up to speed next. Rudy, Defensive Player of the Year, Game 2, Clipper Jokes. Yak, you got a couple more Clipper Jokes for the people. Yeah, we do. All right, we'll play some of those for you. We'll do it next. DJ and PK, get you up to speed. Stay with us. It was a night to remember at a packed Vivint Arena. Ow! Oh, my goodness gracious, Donovan. As the Utah Jazz picked up an emotional Game 1 victory. 
Round two between the Jazz and Clippers continues Thursday at 8 with the Jazz Live pregame show beginning at 7 on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. is a barber's favorite basketball team the clippers how do you get a clippers fan to stop beating his wife you put a jazz jersey on her you ever notice how nobody drives a stick anymore what does paul george have in common with an automatic transmission no clutch why did paul george get denied for his medicaid application because he didn't have joe ingles listed as his father on his birth certificate (laughs) it's a who's your daddy joke right there (laughs) The people come through. They always do. They really do, don't they? <laughs> Had a contest earlier this morning. Best Clippers jokes. Won two tickets to tonight's game. We already gave those tickets away, but Yacht keeps getting the submissions. You got a good Clippers joke? Send it. He'll play it in the next segment. And also to save up, what's your best net? What's your best Nets joke? Ooh, it's coming, people. Calling it now. We're just rolling right over. Not the worried Suns. about going on three versus the Suns, huh? Not worried about the next three. Well, I can't have games. you make fun of the Suns. You know, my sisters root for the Suns, so that would that would hurt hurt them, and I don't want to hurt them. All of a sudden, you're Mister Sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I just went straight to the top. It's like you know that stud and rookie ball. Boom! He just goes right to the big leagues. Did you hear Quinn? What was it yesterday? He called Joe like a utility player. Hmm. He was going hard with the baseball analogies. Oh, he does. He loves baseball analogies. He's a big baseball guy. He was talking about how he could play center field or second base or what have you. Because somebody asked him a question about Joe sucking and shooting. And I got to give it to Quinn because anytime anybody asks him about uh, that, he just won't entertain it. Whatever it is negative about his guys, he won't entertain it. Like somebody asked him, too, about, uh, well, the benefit of having Conley out is you play a bigger lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we want, we want Mike back, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I mean, right to it. <laughs> What do you got, Yuck? Yuck's got breaking news. Breaking news is... On a scale of 1 to 10, now you're underselling it. In (laughs) our ear, it sounded big. He said minor. Scott Scott Gerard just called me. It's like a 3, a 4, what is it? A 6? I'd say it's a 6. A 6. Scott Gerard just called me and said, you know what? I've got some more tickets to give away, so we're going to give away some more jazz tickets for tonight's game. we got two more pairs, so there you go. Is it two more pairs or two more pair? Two pair, sorry. Not Tupac, but Tupair. Took the call from our boss. I'm not going to hang up on him. Oh, no, no. I mean, screw him. And since I he's would, the boss, I can't believe he gave it a six. I thought you would have given it like an eight. Eleven. Yeah, eleven. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's at the beginning. He's got a long way to go. He does. <laughs> Scotty, it's eleven, okay? <laughs> Scott Gerard called me. This is massive. Like I that, was waiting for who was who know, was hired, fired, it traded. It should have been like that one time when uh, what's his face called him, no and way. he just bolt, bolted out. Man, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> yeah, that was more Channel Two than Deloitte. <laughs> oh, well, not, right, Deloitte. you don't have to be loyal to Deloitte anymore. He's gone. Well, it was always He's the issue. News. There was there was a uh, <laughs> there was a specific issue going on that I had not shared with you. So anyway, oh, we'll do share. Uh, I guess I probably could now that that guy's gone. <laughs> <laughs> now that that news director walks in Washington, D.C. You never know. Don't burn a bridge. Okay, never mind. Then. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> Who knows what's going to come <laughs> back. That's a good point. <laughs> and I'm back. You never know.
What do we need to catch the people up on? Big takeaway. Rudy, Defensive Player of the Year, third time in four years. Landslide vote. 84 of the 100 first place votes went to Rudy. That's massive respect for Rudy. And I think it matters. It matters to these guys, man. You saw the team. They put out the video, which they should do more of. Take us into the locker room. Fans just eat that stuff up. Absolutely. And and downstairs, when we walk in, we walk into the back lot. They got the balloons there. Yach put it on his Twitter. You can see it. And it's got the depoy up on the top of the, above the uh, door entrance. Uh, do all that stuff. And, and to be recognized by your peers. And it sends a message. It just is another breakdown that me and Dennis have believed for years that this place, whatever you want, you can get at this place. You don't have to go to XYZ. We got you right here. You want to be all-star? You want to be this? You want to be that? We can give it to you right here with the Jazz in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's another message, 84 out of 100. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's almost 84%. And right there... You can see it. You can get whatever you want right here. That's the right. It was it was going to happen that he was going to win. Right. Everybody believed that. Yes. There were plenty of people prognosticating the bigger message, which I think is super important, is you can get any individual award out there, any recognition. You can get it right here. Okay, this is I, another I example. That. I believe that, and that is just a fact because you can go through the awards, and I think the only meaningful award that hasn't been won here is the Coach of the Year award, or did Frank win it? Frank was Executive of the Year, I think. I don't think he's Coach of the Year, right? So all the individual awards, yes, can you win a championship here? Yes. Or that's are the, super teams no. going to keep forming? And We're going to form. Yes, they're going to form right here. <laughs> Well, so far, super teams are forming in L.A., New York, and Miami. Well, not New York. San Francisco. The, uh, Brooklyn. Okay, Brooklyn. Okay, yeah. you got me. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was San Francisco, because Durant going and joining what was already a, a team in Oakland. But they don't Now they're won. in San Francisco. Right. So let's not forget that. The bulk of the majority right. of the roster will was the megastars, Will the megastars sign as free agents in these non-glamorous markets? Hey, do you need a megastar to do that? Two different, two, two different questions. Do you absolutely need a megastar to win it all? And will a megastar st- sign here? Now, that hasn't signing here hasn't come close. Nowitzki's a megastar. He was drafted. He was not a free agent signing. And Dallas won. Now, they had one. They didn't have a super team. That was also, yeah, draft day trade, right? Because Milwaukee drafted him. Yeah. Um, that is the last time. Uh, the first Warrior team was drafted. The first Warrior championship sure was. team was drafted, right? But that's also right at the start of San the, Antonio, the megastar. Um, Those guys are the drafted. mega team, right? But LeBron in twenty eleven really starts this. Oh man! I don't so know. you're I'd right. How about We're Shaq? Finding, uh, Shaq jumped as a free agent. That's the same thing. Well, it's not the same as three guys on the Olympic team getting together and saying, in two years when our deals are up, no, let's go but here. No, he won three I mean, titles, and he, he knew. Did. He, I'm and sure Durant's Jerry West told him, this kid <laughs> over here, he's going to okay. be something. It's free agency, but it's not the same as Durant and Kyrie playing for separate teams in a hallway. We see the photo, and everybody knows what it means, and it happens. Okay, they haven't won anything yet either. They haven't. They haven't. And that's the thing is that that narrative gets shot down if the Jazz or the Suns win the title, or if uh, Philly with the process beats the Nets and wins the title. doesn't look like Milwaukee's going to do it after 
2-0 in a 49-point beating. But, I mean, that's the whole thing. If you're going out and you're you and Dennis and you get on the private jet with Dwayne Wade to go wherever and recruit whoever, that's the question that player's going to say. Can I win a championship there? Because you're right about everything else. Olympic team, Hall of Fame, MVP, uh, defensive player of the year, six man, all these things have been done here. They've all been done. It's a fact. It's not debatable. But if I go there, will I win a championship? That's the question. Well, that's up. The team has to be really good too, and it does depend on what's going on around the league. And so, for the next five years, I think the answer is yes. You got a stud in the middle. You got a stud outside. So yeah, I think it's it's possible. And now I got Dwayne Wade aboard. Dwayne Wade comes to me. I'm listening. He's freaking E. F. Hutton. <laughs> I don't know how many people got that. <laughs> you always, whenever I do it, it's just like a crime if I have some old reference, and then you just turn around and do it. Because it's a joke. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now in a good recovery. I said it as a joke. Okay. Okay. How the Garfs? They listen. Is that better for you? <laughs> it's not going to resonate to anyone on the other side of the country. Local campaign only. Oh, then I suck. I'm out. I got nothing for you. <laughs> That's the point. You can't get the star to come here. Well, it's a new day. Whether you believe it's a new day or not, I do it's up think, to you. I, I do think, and I think this is, we've talked about this in multiple things, and we are both consistent on this. It is a new day. Technology is changing everything. It has changed the way teams recruit. Alabama can recruit California and Hawaii. They didn't use to. Stanford can recruit nationally. I've been saying they that for years. To. Right. And that's technology in the last five to ten years has changed big time. I just think the message that they have and the product that they have to sell, I believe the up-and-comer is going to look at it and say, that is really good. Do I want it? Will I take it? You know, that remains to be seen. But barriers are being broken, and they're being broken every single day. And plus, I believe in the player and the sophistication and the education and the intelligence of the player. And the player is going to see if something is really good, he's going to see it and be attracted to it. And it, whether you can party till three in the morning, I think I just don't think that matters. No, as much. I, I think that the the players have a different. There's like a different mindset, a different that discussion you're having. You know, going clubbing in the '90s. Not the guys don't go out and don't have fun and. You know, all that, but it, there is, these guys are like, little, I think the change is that these guys are like little corporations, you know, little, now to us, they're enormous corporations, uh, but they are little corporations and these teams are, Yeah, and it's all an investment and you, it's a, that's a yeah. whole different line of thought than we were seeing right. 20 and years ago. So you ago. retire at 35 and you can do that for the rest of your life. Yeah. We, and, and let me tell you, NBA players, future NBA players, we can go disco dancing in Salt Lake City. Oh, okay. That's enough of this. <laughs> We can boogie. Says E.F. Hutton. I can boogie. You want to do the hustle? I'll do the hustle. Go, uh, you want to do the Macarena? Go to, uh, we can do way, the Macarena. Go to YouTube and you can probably see that E.F. Hutton commercial out there. It's a, it's a big deal at the time. <laughs> you know why I said that is because I'm writing about this with uh, Dwayne Wade. Uh-huh. And I used that. I oh, used that line 
uh, that. Now, what you need is your editor needs to embed that commercial in the story. That makes you cutting edge. That's how things are done. <laughs> oh, but, but I didn't name it. I just said, remember that old 1970s commercial with the brokerage and the, firm? And, and at this point, if you don't have that in your story, you're behind the times. And I said, old timers will remember the reference. And you can just... You can just tell your editor, hey, I need this embedded. You don't have to do it. The point is that Dwayne Wade carries weight. Exactly. He carries a lot of weight. Big time. DJ PK brought to you in part by Rough Tough Products. Rough Tough sets the industry standard for custom seat covers for cars, trucks, SUVs, and UTVs. Get the best fitting seat covers for the make, model, and year of your vehicle and do business with a Utah company that's been around since 1976. Check them out today at roughtough.com. That's roughtough.com. Now, earlier in the show, took a little heat from someone who doesn't like you. Me? No, our listeners. Everything isn't about you, PK. Oh, I, I thought you were talking to me. Well, I can see in <laughs> retrospect how I phrased it, how someone like yourself would think that. That's someone like, doesn't no. like you. I was going to say, it's like, huh? no, not about you, buddy. I'm talking to the listeners, you, <laughs> not you. Well, the way you said it, it was like, I know, I PK, you that. suck. I, now get, now do you have the Donovan Mitchell drop? I hate me. He this comes is when we down need it. on so, me, okay. and I'm just sitting over here. I need to clarify something, DJ. You misheard that. Really? It ate at me is what he said. Oh, it ate at me? Uh-huh. That's not nearly as good a drop. Yes. But it could still be useful. He doesn't like you. Me? <laughs> not everything's about you, buddy. <laughs> you and your freako, egotistical, egomaniac. Yeah. Jeez. What he said. Man, I can't win. Uh, we got more jokes. Some people don't want jokes, though. They just want to skip away the tickets. They think the listeners uh, suck and aren't funny. Well, then whoever this person is is wrong. Come on. It brightens up their day, and they get to be on the Here radio. Here it is. It's Tyson. Just give the tickets to the 12th caller or something. These lame contests you guys do are awful. Oh, you're a noodle, Tyson. You ain't winning tickets, Tyson. I can tell yeah, you. ha, ha. Why didn't the Clippers call timeout? Why not? They didn't want the Jazz to take Rudy Gobert off the floor. That's the best Clipper joke yet. <laughs> I mean, I, if I'm Ty Lue, do I admit that after it's he just exa- blocks the shot? That's exactly what he said, though. I don't have any problem with them not calling timeout. We've seen that a million times. Don't call timeout and let the defense set up. No problem. But don't admit I wanted Rudy on the floor, and then Rudy blocks the game-winning shot or game-tying shot. All right, we're doing tickets for uh, Caller 12. Right now, Yak, you got two tickets? Got a pair, yep. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. I hope you're happy, Tyler. I Tyson. Happy. Tyson. Uh, Tyler, <laughs> Tyson, whatever. T-Dog. <laughs> T-Dog. All right. <laughs> His last name's Rebel. We want to know if he's related to another famous Rebel. Rubes? Rubes. I don't think so. Because I think Tyson's been around for, with us for yeah. a long time. All right, DJ and PK. When we come back, your feedback. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Ron Boone from the Jazz Radio Broadcast. How many people could actually make that block at the end of that game? And take me through the difficulty of what you saw Rudy do in that final block. That's what's so great about Rudy is the way he can recover. He can be beaten and recover and still intimidate or block a shot or change a shot of those type of things. But leading up to that was the defense of about three guys. 
but when you have in a situation where there's not a lot of time on the clock, you know they don't have time to put the ball on the floor to shoot. You know they don't have time to even attempt to drive to the basket. His recovery is sometimes is just unbelievable. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What's the only difference between a bricklayer and a clipper player? The age they retire. So we're going to talk about the clippers. Not about the game. Not about the game. We're going to talk about the clippers. Not going to talk about Donovan Mitchell. We're talking about the clippers. True story. When you announced this contest, I was out walking past a field. There was a horse with his head over the top rail. So I asked him, how many clippers will it take to beat the Jazz? He lifted his tail and gave me the answer. A few. Clippers, 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 clip, 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 little brother, clip, little brother, like the Utes to the Cougar, like little brother, playoff poop, playoff poop, yeah. Give it to one of those guys. Which one? You got more tickets? Yeah. I got another pair. Yeah. Holy cow, look at you, just swimming in tickets. One, which one of those four did you like the best? I the, the guy with the horse and the and the tail, and he was out for a walk. That's our was, good friend Kay. That was pretty funny. Wait, he hates the NBA. Oh, he can't go then. <laughs> Let's give it to somebody else. That's a good story. I don't know. Does he or doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I don't want him he to have to go. I mean, he could look down and see Dwayne Wade, and he'd break out in hives. He might have an allergic <laughs> reaction. He could end up dying. I don't want to kill Kay. I don't want that on my conscience. What in the world? Wow, you are going to town on that. <laughs> so who are we giving the tickets to? I'm lost now. Who, who was the guy the, before uh, Kay then? Who did the playoff poop? Playoff poop. Let me double check. <laughs> What a rant. <laughs> I love when you go on your rants, All right. Man. Uh, playoff poop was Garen is his name. G-A-R-A-N. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> All right. Or we'll see wait, if Garen can go before, to the... Who was the guy before? The guy before was our good friend Lane. Before K. So he did the one on the... We're talking about the Clippas. <laughs> oh, that was funny. You were laughing in the middle of that one. As soon as you realized that was Iverson, that was good. Yeah. Oh, the Iverson one. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was okay, funny. Where are we going here? I got, I've got three. The guy who did the Iverson one. Okay. The, Lane, the, you course. win. Lane, Lane's a guy. Yeah. And if Lane can't go, if Lane's already, you know, hopping on a plane or driving to St. George or whatever, uh, then <laughs> who was that other one? Garen, you said? I don't know. <laughs> other one was Garen, yeah. All right, he's a backup if Lane can't go. If for any reason <laughs> Lane can't and fulfill and his ba- duties. the back of his K because apparently no, we don't. No, I don't want to kill K and K will explode. <laughs> and that'll be messy. I don't want to. Sure about that? Yeah. Kale explode. <laughs> can, can, can you separate? Maybe this is a topic for another day. Can you separate your love of the jazz slash NBA versus your hatred of the politics? Topic for another day. It is. I because agree. it's 956 We don't need it for weeks, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> another what? Like five to six weeks of this? Well, June 22nd, or excuse me, July 22nd, I think is the last they can go somewhere in there. Yeah, that's three weeks of June and three weeks of July. Six right. more weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do we really all want the way to, to go July. seven? All the way to July. It's what too is long. The, what's the date for the Pac-12 Media Day? They haven't, as far as I know, they're still they discussing. They haven't said it yet. Whether they have it or not. They, I, I was told they want to have it, mm-hmm. but they haven't sent anything out that I'm aware of. Uh, so uh, hopefully they have it, because I sure love doing it. Love college football, love Pac-12. 
And even if nobody else does, I like it. So, yeah, I want the NBA back on the regular calendar, though. Sounds like it's going to be next year. Because I think Sounds the middle like of July really is too much. But, I, I mean, I understand why they're doing it. But I just really Well, this year that. they were painted into a corner. Right, exactly, precisely. Yeah, right. I get it. Because of what happened last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But there, it's Everybody like this is. is a transition year to getting back on the calendar. I understand that. I understand that completely. Yeah. But I would prefer it to be done and in you're gonna And you're going to get your way. I think that's where they're going. I think the lesson with all of this stuff is that all of these events are playing better when they're in their whatever our natural slash windows. normal traditional is a better word. Traditional yeah. window, yeah. We, that's when we want it. I mean, the Masters well, is still to. great, but November? <laughs> It needs to be in April. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so from the from the horse races, everything. the triple crown horse races to yeah, everything. Agreed. All right, DJ and PK, uh, we are out of time. When we when we come back, we won't be here. It'll be hands and Scotty. Four more hours. Getting you ready for game two tonight. Eight o'clock tip time. Probably means eight twenty. Clippers and Jazz. Game two. Mike Connolly is questionable with hamstring tightness. Rudy Gobert will get a huge roar from the crowd. Defensive player of the year for the third time. Hands and Scotty next. See ya.